Howdy, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome to Unsafe Space. Today's, what, Monday, January 18th. Uh, you're watching Kofefi Break, which is a live show we do every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as usual, by the lovely Carrie Smith, who Good I switched to as she was eating. I'm sorry, Carrie. Sorry. That was unintentional. <laughs> uh, good morning. How are you? I'm I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? I'm good, actually. Um, yes. sorry. I'm sorry. It's so gross. I don't like to see people eating. I'm done. Well, you know, you got to <laughs> eat sometime. If not during the show, when? <laughs> you used to not have a split screen, and then what you guys didn't know, anybody who's been watching us for a while, was whenever Carter would talk, I would eat burritos. And then when he, when I wasn't on camera, burritos. burritos are worse than like a little hunk of bread or, or whatever. Like. Yeah, <laughs> I can get away with it. <laughs> now yeah. I have to remind myself. Anyway, welcome. Wait, did you ever see um? Did you ever see the movie Bob Roberts? No, I don't. I don't know what that is. It's uh, what's that guy? Tim. He's like a lefty, uh, lefty Hollywood actor. Tim something whose name I forget. He was the guy in Shawshank Redemption. What was his name? Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. He was in it, and it's uh it's clearly made by lefties who believe that the media is biased towards the right, which is silly. But other than that one political error, uh, it's kind of a funny movie about uh this. It's this documentary about this sleazy politician who who media helps like get into power. But there's a scene where they they show him like at some kind of nice event being all dapper and they show his opponent like eating a jelly donut with jelly like coming down his throat. <laughs> so um a little smear, a little jelly donut smearing. Yeah. I don't know um, where I was going with that. No. Well, uh, I I've never even heard of that movie. I will check it out. If it's your first time here, I just want to announce we have book club coming up in about a week now, January 24th. And we're reading Cynical Theories by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay. You can go to unsafespace.com on the book club page and you can get a link to buy. If you still want to join us, you have time. And uh, Helen and James are going to be involved in that discussion. That's the first time we're going to have authors come and maybe do, I'm not sure what they're going to do yet, but probably a Q&A of some kind. And uh, you can find out how to join on the book club page or just email us at speak at unsafespace.com to get a link to be in the video discussion that day. You can also just be in the live chat like you are today. Yes. Uh, what else do we got going on? Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and you can support us at unsafespace.com slash donate so that we can continue to do this. And we have a clips channel. A lot of people still don't know we have a clips oh, yes. channel. If you want short clips, because these are live shows on Mondays and Fridays, tend to go kind of long. Last time we went pretty long. Uh, you can get clips at unsafe, unsafe space clips channel. By the way, if someone says my mic is low. I did turn it up, so I think I think it should be better. But if it's not, uh, give it a, give it a minute and then let me know again. Uh, also, someone said I'm now a leftist because you're on the right. So yes, see how that works, <laughs> Carrie. That's about the that's about the level of of in depth uh, analysis that goes into political uh, categorizations nowadays. So yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's all good. So I, there's a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, what you do? You have a do you have a favorite you want to start with? Well, I can talk 
about what I was discussing with you before we started. So it's not, idea. it's not a news item. It's just uh, wrote a new essay and you can find it shortly. It'll be up on the un, unsafe space medium page, but you can find it on my um, social media on Twitter or MeWe or Facebook. But I was trying to write about, I've, I've been talking to a lot of people over the past four years um, sometimes online exchanges, but also in person, like sitting and talking with people who are longtime progressives and liberals who are in that really somewhat traumatic process of waking up. And I don't mean waking up someone, people on the right are going to mishear this. I don't mean necessarily waking up and saying, I'm not a liberal progressive anymore. That's not what I mean. I mean, waking up to the, what we call the cathedral, to the propaganda machine, waking up. They're to, red pilling a little bit. That yes, doesn't mean they're on the right, but they're red pilling. Right, they're they're starting to see how legacy media, big social, and major corporations, academia, deep state, or if you prefer, you know, just the political elite of both major parties, how they all function to feed us this propaganda, and how the propaganda is getting crazier. We're in a period of acceleration right now. And I know what that transformation is like because I went through it four years ago. I woke up during the acceleration that happened around 2016, 2017, but there are a lot of people waking up now during this acceleration. And um, talking with them reminds me, reminds me of what it felt like then. It is very scary and um, it is very, it, it, you can feel very alone because it's like leaving a cult in some ways. It's it, leaving a cult of belief is no different. And so it's not just like you're like, you know, changing your policy position on, on immigration or the minimum wage or something. It's not like some simple belief or opinion that you have one little thing that's changing. It's, it's your entire way of looking at the world, like your whole system of belief. If you've, if you've lived most of your life with faith in the government or faith in your political party or faith in the media, oh my gosh, with faith in the media, if you've, if you've, <laughs> does anyone yeah. live with faith in the media? Maybe. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they do. They have so much, they put so much faith in places like the New York times or Washington post or um, CNN. And they, if you've lived with that kind of faith and, and, and even deeper, if you've lived with the faith that your side, like however you define that, but your side is good. And that social justice, specifically, if you were in the social justice cult, like I was, and you've lived with the belief that social justice is good. It is, it is like raising your whole house of belief to the ground and starting over in the rubble and trying to figure out what foundation you're going to build with and then start going from there. And while you're in the middle of that, and it takes a long time, it takes some of the people I've talked to recently, more than one, multiple people, they were at BLM protests as recently as this past summer. And now they're finding themselves in this place and, and wondering what's happening to them. They are, they are called crazy by sometimes by loved ones, by friends and family who are still in the matrix, who are still on the propaganda feeding tube. Like they, they are called crazy at the beginning. A lot of people will question if they are crazy. They'll wonder, if, are they right? You know, is it me? Because you're just so uncertain. Everything's been pulled out from under you. And 
Yeah. And it's correct. You should be questioned. Of course, you're going to question yourself. You should be that. That's what sep sep sets you apart from those people who don't leave the cult because they don't question. They don't allow themselves to question. It's healthy to question yourself. So I would say I was saying to someone talking about this on the when I when I shared th this piece, they, they, they were talking about how they question themselves. I said, that's good. That's healthy. We should all be doing that. Um, but it's a really scary place for people. And I think, um, I think there were two reasons I wrote the piece. One was because in the past four years, since I've been doing these interviews, as you know, Carter, I've occasionally heard from people who were never in the cult. Maybe they're on the right, maybe they're in the center or what have you, but they're never in the cult. And, um, they're sometimes expressing anger at people who are just waking up. And this is not a lot of people. It's definitely the minority. It's a few people. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's I, not I would, anywhere. I would categorize it probably more as frustration and bitterness than outright anger. Right. But I've seen both. Okay. Yeah. Frustration, bitterness, but, but it's, it's a small minority of people, but because I've seen it enough now, I would just, I, I wanted to say something to those people, which is that if you haven't left a cult of belief, if you haven't been through that process of raising everything to the ground and dealing with the fear of everything you're going to lose and you will lose things. If, if you haven't dealt with that fear of loss, of isolation, of shame, you're going to be shamed by people you thought were your friends who've known you your whole life. Um, if you haven't been through that, you don't know what you're talking about. And you're being counterproductive to the things that you claim to believe in because you're, you're, rejecting grieving people instead of offering them a welcoming place you're rejecting them but what out of arrogance or a need to feel special or like you you've always been right or you know like you saw right, you, right. you're being counterproductive and as i've said to you before on the show like i don't if i throw a party i don't care what time you get here like i don't care how late you are and yeah and but i'm, I'm gonna be the same yeah, and and I'm 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 in agreement with you on what you just said. However, I'm going to be empathetic to the other side just for a minute. Um, and and the reason I'm going to be empathetic is because I would like I don't want those people to get. I don't want to just say screw you. We're we're taking over the party now. Like I get that you've been at the party for a while. You're just not being very productive. Have some empathy for the people that are just coming. Um, I have so I have gone. By the way, I have undergone a monumental life change i don't talk about it much and it was over 20 years ago but i i completely abandoned my religion i was i was more devout than almost any christian that i have that i meet on a day-to-day -day basis i got up every morning and prayed and read the bible every morning at 5 a.m i was extremely devout and i became an atheist after months of consternation literally like lying on the floor in the guest bedroom crying to myself about, you know, having like giving up beliefs because I thought I had to, because I thought that I had, and, and I was, I still believe I'm right, right? But I, I was using my mind and trying to reach conclusions that I didn't like. I hated the conclusions. I hated what it would do to me. I lost my family. Uh, I was disowned from my parents at the time. Uh, I lost friends. I lost everything making that decision. I, I get it. Now, that was a long time ago. Uh, so, you know, but it is very painful. If you've never done that, it is not an easy thing to do. It's not easy. 
Um, and you know, by the way, I sometimes laugh. There was a, I, I remember Bradley, your, your pastor, who I really like said, uh, well, do you like people, a lot of people don't want to believe I actually would love to be Christian. It would make my life so much easier. I, I would have be welcomed with open arms from a whole bunch of people in, in the Christian community. Like there's a whole bunch of people, like my life would be infinitely easier, but I can't because of my intellectual integrity. Right. And so that, that's okay. And, um, but when people come over, when when you've when you've been railing against the, as I have, been railing against the authoritarian state for twenty some odd years, right? And people come over to the party, and they're like, "Oh, this this one thing is bad." I I will readily admit I'm not perfect. There is a part of me that's like grumbly that's like really where the fuck have you been i've been struggling for 20 years against this like where the hell have you been while i've been fighting this battle you were on the wrong side and there there is like a frustration and resentment there i don't think it's healthy i don't think it should be indulged and it's the wrong the right thing to do is what you're saying which is to say you know what here's how i handle it usually like okay i feel that but you know what better late than never and i'm really glad that they're here now and i can be a guide to them to show them what they've been missing at the party for the past 20 years so our and and people who've been there longer can guide me and like that's okay and at the end of the day um you got to get over that but i do understand that resentment especially for people who have you know there are plenty of people who feel like they've been screaming at the top of their lungs there and i wasn't one of these because i was in a different another career i've only been doing this for a couple of years right but there have been people who have been actively warning and screaming about this for their entire lives for decades and i understand the like frustration when it's like jesus jesus guys like it takes this much for you to come over i get it um and i and i don't think that frustration is unwarranted I do think it's counterproductive and you shouldn't it's act counter, on it. It's counterproductive. Um, and yeah. for some people, I'm not talking about you. I know. I'm just, I'm trying to know, empathize but, with the people that are doing Right. That but there are also some people who are not like you, where it comes from just as much a place of closed mindedness and arrogance and entitlement and resentment as social justice comes from. I've seen sure. that. Sure. And it's like, uh, and, and to those people, I'd say, I, I didn't come to your party anyway. <laughs> You're not in my party. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. I don't choose to have. I'm not in your party. <laughs> I don't choose to have uh, resentful, negative buttholes at my party. So, right. um, And if like you are one of those people, though, who have been around, you can help because often people wake up in little increments. They wake up a little bit and they're like, yes. oh, I recognize this little thing. Yes. This is your opportunity to go welcome them in and say, yeah, you're totally right about that little thing. By the way, have you noticed this little thing and this little thing and this little thing? You can slowly start to draw them out. And the swallowing the red pill is a process. It doesn't just happen instantaneously. Right. So that's that's part of what this is about is that just to finish up that little part there was that I, it was written for people that I've seen. And again, it's a small minority of people. It's not it's not nearly the, it's not even half. It's it's a fraction of people. But for that response, right. it's like, you're, you're never going to be the rock in someone's life 
if they if they start to wake up, they're never going to come to you because you're not going to be a place of shelter. You're you're going to push them away. So <laughs> right, they're going to not want to wake up. They're not gonna, what, what kind of exactly. reception is that? Yeah. You're going to you're going to be <laughs> counterproductive. And I would encourage you to to grow up yourself and to develop some compassion. And then secondly, I would say to those people who are in that process, it is slow. It is slow. It feels fast sometimes because you can look at where you were six months ago and say. I, who, who am I now? Like it's my whole fundamental way of looking at the world has changed and, you know, it, it can feel like it happened quickly, but it's a slow, slow process. And when you're in the middle of it, like a lot of the people I've been talking to, um, they're in the really rocky part of it. And they're in the part of it where, like you said, it's incremental to, to, of this, this whole thing, this, this transformation and thought. And so look, they're, they're worried about, um, what they're going to lose and will it be worth it in the end? And, um, and they're dealing with, they're grieving, they're grieving because yeah. you, and you will have, I'm not like, you will have, you're going to lose friends. Yes. People you thought were friends, even people, some people that you've known your whole life who you thought knew your heart, they are going to turn you into a caricature. They're going to turn you into something you're not. They're going to turn you into a literal, like, or a, uh, a living straw man and then set a match, like light a match. That's They're going to say that you're all these things. They're going to call you names, Nazi, alt-right, white supremacist, fascist, troll. They're going to call you all that stuff. And then they're going to set that stuff on fire as if that's you. Um, but and, and and sometimes that happens with family, and absolutely. On the other hand, there are people who they're trying to struggle to hold on to those relationships when when you're in that rubble and you're trying to rebuild. And sometimes you can. I do know people who've who've um, taken this journey of awakening with their loved ones, and sometimes you can find just the right words to help them hear you, but. Mm-hmm. Most of the people, if you're, if you're, especially depending on how isolated you were in your cult of belief, how I was in a very isolated echo chamber, I had really weeded everyone out who didn't agree with social justice. So depending on how, how much you've isolated yourself in it, you may lose most everyone. But here's, here's what I want to say to those people, because I don't, I don't get to correspond with everyone who's feeling this, who watches the show, and I don't get to sit with everyone, is that you are going to make much better friends and you're going to make friends who are open-minded and um, friends who are brilliant and wise. And when you're in the process of mourning, you can't see that. You can't even believe that sometimes because you don't even know who those people are yet. You haven't even met them yet, but you're well, going to you're make- probably told they don't exist and they're yes. all evil. <laughs> yeah. And plus anybody knows this. If you're going through a breakup, even though you know you should should be breaking up, you can't even imagine what might be in your future because you haven't met that next person or whatever. You're, you have no idea what's coming, but you are going to make better friends. Trust me. And you're also you may lose your job or you may choose you may you may decide that it's best to leave your job. I left my career. Um, Carter left his. It it it's okay. Like you will survive. I've, I make so much less money now than I did when I was in the matrix, <laughs> but preach it. But, but wait, you make you. money. <laughs> I, sell, I sell vegetables now, Carter, but let me tell you something. It is, I don't care. I wouldn't trade 
there's no price tag. There's no price tag. I don't care the price. There's no price tag you can put on peace, peace of mind, peace with yourself, joy, like a freedom to think, the freedom to think, the freedom to speak. You can't put a price on any of that. And you're going to learn that there are things more important and that more sustaining than than the more like ephemeral things that that you might be putting all that faith in right now or that you might be afraid of losing and by the way you may not lose those things some people don't but yeah I mean, you, I, go ahead go ahead um well just just let me round this out with that you're yeah, you're yeah. going to lose um uh prestige you're going to lose uh you're going to take hits in your social circles yes you are going to have people uh, you used to work with or friends of yours or people you went to school with, um, they're going to say all the things that they are about you. If you criticize um, their racism and sexism, they're saying they're going to say you're racist and sexist. If, if you criticize, um, if, if you point out the fact that they're in a cult, they're going to say that you've now joined a cult. Get ready for that. They will say that. Um, because that's what cults do. They isolate, they isolate heretics. They, they go after people. It's not enough to let you leave the cult. They have to tear you down. Um, and that's going to happen to you. And, but what will happen is that you will learn that you will learn not to care so much what people think. If you have a lot of fear right now around that part of it, around the social credit part of it, or what people say, oh my gosh, it's going to be so freeing. You'll care less and less and less what people say. And yeah. those things will start to roll off your back. And, 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 and then you'll find here's, here's what is, is so beautiful about it. When you stop censoring yourself and you, and you, you don't let the fear control you anymore. And you, and you start trying to speak truth and find truth you are going to find out who you really are. You're not just going to find out who your real friends are. By the way, some of your friends will stick around and you'll find out who those people are and you'll become closer with them. Like I became closer with Carter. Um, but you, uh, you'll also find out who you are and you are going to find that you really like who you are. <laughs> and, and you can't, you can't put a price tag on that. You can't, a lot of those well, people, I know I'm not giving you a, a no, no, I, I, you're, you're going somewhere that I want to talk about really quickly before you move off of it. Because uh, yeah. now's the time to say it, based okay. on what you just said. Uh, look, um, you can't, uh, if you don't admit where you are, you're paralyzed to move anywhere. You can't ever improve your situation if you don't admit first and accept fully where you are. And the fact is, if you've started to wake up, where you are is someone who started to wake up, who's someone who started to question these things. And in order to keep the people that you're afraid of losing, you would have to fake who you are because you're already now someone who's questioning these things and questioning those things isn't allowed. So you can't actually go back and have an authentic relationship. The, the, that relationship's authenticity is already over. Mourn it, it's gone, it's not authentic. The only possible way it can be salvaged as authentic is for you to continue in your authentic path and see if they can come along with you. But going back or suppressing yourself or 
pretending like it's not happening or just trying to fake it for the sake of a relationship, they that person will no longer have a relationship with you. They will have a relationship with a dishonest version of you. It's a projection yes. that you are faking for them and that is not a deep relationship. It's not fulfilling. It won't actually work in the long run. So, you know, some people, I, I know they get to this point where they're like, well, I don't wanna move any further because I'll have to lose these relationships. The hard truth is, you've already lost the authenticity of those relationships because you've already not, you're already not Being the yourself. authentic ally there that you were in the past. Now you're authentically not exactly in that spot. And if you can't be honest with them about that, then that relationship isn't to be, there's nothing there. There isn't an actual relationship. It's like when you, when you, when you date someone and you fake who you are at the beginning, it can't turn out well because they're not having a relationship with you. They're having a relationship with the fake person that you're presenting to them, right? Um, so like, that's why authenticity matters. You don't get anything out of prolonging the death of those relationships. They're already dead that you just don't know it yet. Or they're not, but you gotta be authentic, right? They're, they're, they're already, they've already transformed. That's yeah. all I wanted to add. To and that's that, what, that part. No, that's a great point. And that's why I think, um, See a lot of a lot to that point about how you you will find out who you really are and you'll start to like that person. Um, a lot of people that I know who are still in the cult, who are still on the propaganda feeding tube. Um, oh my gosh, there's there's one that hurt a lot of the time. One of my oldest friends, her profile is I haven't seen it in a while, but because uh, she spectacularly in front of me. Her profile is hilariously sad. It's exactly what you'd expect right now. It's a white woman with a bunch of BLM stuff everywhere, um, calling Trump people names, um, putting down an elite woman who, by the way, who is very rich and can afford to sit at home during the lockdowns and criticizing people who are against lockdowns, uh, who want to provide for their family, like that kind of a person. That's who she's become. And it's gotten worse. Like some people during this acceleration are waking up, but you're also having people who during this acceleration are becoming radicalized. Like she's a radical SJW now. And she didn't, she wasn't always, I wouldn't say that extreme. Um, but those people, those people are going to, um, oh, well, well, the thing about them is, and I know this about her and I know this about a lot of them who are still in it they don't like themselves very much. Like I didn't like myself How could very you? much. How could you? Because you're participating in a lie. And and yeah. you deep, deep down, I, I, I truly believe deep down, we know when we are living unconsciously. We know when something's off. We know when we're not, we know, that we know when we're engaging in dishonest denial. Deep down somewhere we know. And so those people, they like, they use copious amounts of porn, pot, alcohol, shopping, uh, entertainment. They use, they they chase like social media validation and 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 social validation in their circle like a drug. Um, they're trying to numb themselves so that they can stand being around themselves, <laughs> and they sleepwalk through life. I'm not talking sure. about. 
intermittent use of any of those things, by the way, I'm talking about people who that, that is what, that is their God. Um, are these, yep. are these different vices and these things that help them help them kind of sleepwalk through life because they are deeply unconscious. And so you, if that sounds familiar to you, know that the longer you stay on this path towards truth and being honest with yourself and other people, like you're going to get further and further away from that. And, and if you have any of those small gods, like you're going to start to leave them behind bit by bit. Like you, you're going to get to that place of really authentically loving yourself. I know this sounds like a self-help thing all of a sudden, but it's true. Like that will happen for you. And it's hard to see it when you're in the, when you're in the rubble. That's why I guess I want to talk about this because I know so many people are wake, waking up right now because the dystopia has gotten so out of control, they can't help but see it. And then they're wondering why people in their lives don't see it too. And why do those people think they're the crazy ones? And right. and they're well, struggling. Every they're time really the left struggling. levels up, yeah, some people go with and some people stay back. Yes. And that's, that's just another divide, right? Yes. And if yeah. you are the one of the ones waking up, yes, it gets easier. It's going to get, you can't even, you don't trust me. I know you don't see it now. I know you sometimes won't believe it now, but it's going to get so much easier and so much easier not to live by lies. And it's so much more rewarding. And you, um, you're even going to look at like the winnowing away of, of friends and, and things that you're, those things you're afraid of losing, you're going to get to a point where you look at some of those things as a blessing like that's a that's impossible to believe when you're in the middle of it but after you're done with the grieving in the morning you'll look back I look back on those things and I'm like thank god <laughs> like I thank god the wheat was separated yeah. from the chaff thank god I I I had that you know you go through that cleansing fire and you find out what's important and you you attract more meaningful uh, things into your life and and more meaningful friendships and and your foundation is solid because you started yeah. and you really looked at it and you examined it and you built it consciously from the ground up. What do I believe in? By the way, those people in that are still in the cult, like the former friend I mentioned, it doesn't matter to them that you oppose white supremacy and fascism. It doesn't matter. You You can try to explain that over and over they can't hear you um you what you're saying to them is that you know white supremacy and fascism is just as evil as social justice and marxism they're they're equivalent evils right they they don't understand that because they're beholden to the latter they're in the social justice and the marxism they don't understand what you're saying and they view as you've pointed out carter they believe like if you look at the antifa handbook for example they believe Carter's done this. He's read it. If you're not a Marxist of some kind, they believe you're a fascist. They only see the world in this dichotomy. So they don't even understand what you're on about. If you're not in their cult, you're a fascist. You're all right. You're all, that's what they're going to call you. And they don't, they don't understand. And they may not even right. understand. Some of them don't even understand it because they necessarily, they don't, they haven't necessarily done the work to read the stuff, but no. they know what to parrot and they know what yeah. the answers are. And they have, you know, at this leveling up, when you, when it's become too much for you and you've started to wake up, you got to recognize the people who leveled up with the left's leveling up, they're that much deeper into yes. the cult, right? It's, it's not that they didn't move and you didn't move and the left moved. The left leveled up 
and you everyone made a choice. They made a choice either to self-delude further and join them, or that was a step too far of self-delusion, and they stepped back and started questioning things. So if you're in the latter category where you've stepped back and started questioning things, you got to understand the people who've leveled up with the left and done that you know, voluntarily, they're there, they chose self-deception. So they're even more embedded into that ideology than you were two weeks ago or whenever it was or oh, a yeah. month ago, whenever, right? They're because they, they doubled down, they chose that path. They're in deep. And they are, um, th some of them can be very intelligent. That's also, that's course, also yeah. a thing that some, I've seen some people uh, on the right get wrong. I've seen some people say, you know, only dumb people fall into these cults. No, very intelligent people join cults. Like, if you don't believe me, um, watch any of the recent cult documentaries. The Heaven's Gate one is good. Some of those people were very intelligent. And you've said before, Carter, like intelligence is, what is it? It's your car metaphor. Oh, it's uh, Yeah, my, my metaphor about IQ is IQ is the engine of your car. Like you could have a Ferrari, right? Um, and that's that, that would be a high IQ, let's say. And you could have a Ford Pinto, which would be a low IQ. But um, that really doesn't determine where you're going. It just determines how fast you're going to get there. So if you're headed off a cliff, your Ferrari is going to drive you right off the cliff a lot faster than the Ford Pinto. Yes. Like you're going to get to evil way faster because you can drive a lot faster. So what matters more than what engine you have is where you're going. Did you stop and look at a map? I yeah. guess I'm holding up to, you know, pre-GPS. Did you stop and look at a map? Um, do you know your goal? Do you know where you are and what the destination is and how, the, how to get there? That matters a hell of a lot more than how fast your engine is. Because when you screw up, when you make mistakes at high speed, they're bigger. <laughs> so uh, intelligence doesn't doesn't fix that. And the the left does it too, by the way. They they have a they have a caricature. They've painted the with um, the Trump supporters and people on the right generally as you know uneducated, stupid, backwater idiots. And the right looks at the leftist cult and says, "You just must be low IQ," and you're both wrong. Uh, yeah. IQ is not related to this. Yes. Um, although education about... is because education yeah. is indoctrination. So the more the more years of indoctrination you have as a university, the more likely you are to be a radical leftist simply because right. it's more indoctrination. Yeah. Isn't, and isn't that funny? You would think education right. would be if you get a real education, if you have if you're blessed with a, uh, a teacher or a parent who teaches you how to think instead of what to think then you're you're going to be inoculated against a lot of this but most of what people are getting what i got was straight up indoctrination and right. yeah right. it doesn't it doesn't discriminate against iq um let's do a couple super all. chats before we move yeah. on is yeah um because that was a good discussion but we're behind on some stuff so um all right i may miss some but alex houseman says i may have the solution to social media uh please problem search Bit shoot proposal for Ben. Link in comments. It's three minutes. Okay. Good, good. Uh, Kent to for Chuck says, Happy Mondays to hate watchers. You're welcome to disagree. I know. I heard we had people vote us down before we started, which is always my favorite because it solidifies my understanding of how the left operates. Uh, Lou Cirillo. Lou. Welcome, Lou. Lou says, Lou gives us 50 bucks and says, I didn't realize my wow. subscribe star account wasn't working. 
Call this catch-up for a few missed months. Also, Carter, Leah, and I are engaged. Thanks for providing us with some great entertainment for our drive to the mountains. First of all, congratulations. Lou's a friend of mine, obviously. Congratulations to Lou and Leah. That's awesome. I'm very excited. Um, I hope I get invited to your wedding and that <laughs> masks aren't required because it will be post-COVID. Uh, I did not. I noticed that you were not. I'll put you back in the credits. I took you out because... Uh, I noticed you stopped subscribing and I was like, well, maybe he just doesn't like what we're saying and doesn't want to be associated with the show and I don't want to be the one to bring it up. So I'll just let him do his thing and it's all cool, man. You can go do his thing. But apparently it was a mistake, which, you know, that's awesome too. Makes me feel good. So welcome, Lou. Um, and let's see. I, I missed this one to put it on the screen, but I can read it. Uh, what's it? Bertifero Rex? Bertiferous, Bertiferous Rex, Bertiferous Rex, uh, says, hi, newish watcher, love the show. Carrie, you have a Facebook friend request from Craig R., which is me. If you'd be okay. so kind to, saw will, someone do that the other day here. <laughs> I will find Carrie's you. getting herself in trouble. She's I'll gonna... make notes. By the way, if I haven't responded to your Facebook friend request, it's because I don't ever look at Facebook. It just um, means you need to send him more Golden Girls memes. I know, right. Andrew B., y'all ought to do a show on Reverend Jim Jones and the People's Temple, the prototypical oh. woke SJWs. Yeah, that's – um. I've been thinking about okay. that. My friend, Nicole of the Mountain People, who may be in chat today, she gave me a book on Jim Jones and said this very thing. And uh, oh, okay. maybe we could make it part of book club at some point. I know we have a long list now, but – That would be a good one because that story is chilling but also totally appropriate to what's happening today, right? That's Yeah. A, yeah. Um, Andrew B says, think of the awesome new friends you'll meet in the re-education camps. <laughs> yes. Right before they're murdered. Uh, Adam Coleman says, Carrie, your friend with the BLM shirt reminds me of a quote, quote, I can deal with an honest bigot than a patronizing liberal, which is Shelby Steele. Uh, uh, I think, I think there's quote. the word better missing or something. I can better deal yeah. with an honest, I don't know. Uh, Hermit Thrush says, my best friend exited Facebook with a full TDS Kool-Aid rant on Trump followers, blindsided me, meant no article or video I've sent him in four years mattered. Right. Well, um, Dom says, Carrie, your article is great. Thank you for writing it. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, I think that uh, the super chat you have on the screen that's pinned there is from Lewis. Yeah, it is because so I can't get to the other ones yet. Oh, okay. No worries. Uh, but I can get to the next one. So I'm sorry, Lou, you're going to disappear now. Uh, oh wait, maybe I can't get to the next one. Mm, let's see. Yes, I can. Maggie, Maggie Ellis says, you may recall I've struggled because I'm married to someone who has TDS and I felt isolated to the point of multiple meltdowns. He recently understood part of my view are censorship and I'm grateful. That's awesome. That's, that's a awesome. wedge. That's a starting point. I mean, that's just, um, that's just, you have to celebrate. I do remember you, Maggie. I remember your beautiful, um, uh, profile photo there. Uh, but yeah, you got to celebrate those little things. If, if you can get them, someone to understand just part of what you're saying, and even if they still disagree, but to understand you correctly, I think that's the biggest struggle is because there, it's almost like, it's almost like we've been programmed just to like see everything in these binaries. Right. And then, like I said, they'll make a caricature of you and not even understand what it is you're saying. And then, you know, make, create this straw man and set fire to the straw man. It's like, but I'm not those things. I'm not saying those things. Like, hear well, what the I'm saying. Well, the cult does not teach listening skills and comprehension skills. It teaches 
verbal defense. So there's a, like Carrie, you've said before, you hear something and your mind immediately like goes to this index table of like, what, the, what, what response? Like the Terminator, like yeah. goes through it. Da, 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 da. The response is F you racist. Like, blah, blah, blah. like that's the thing you say there. You're not attempting to have an actual yeah. conversation. So it can be really difficult. Um, cause conversation is not the goal. Yeah. Um, Azor, gives us two bucks Hi, and Azor. doesn't say anything. Keith, the hack guy, Keith, the hack guy says it helped me to stop using the term friends for social media contacts. Most of my Facebook contacts are not friends. The word is a manipulation trick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, in fairness, uh, they might keep it as a manipula manipulation trip net trick. Now, I think when it started, it was probably, uh, intentional, like, <laughs> you know, it started in college, right? So maybe they're like, yeah, my friend. Um, but yeah, certainly not now. Friend is um, like the word love. There's a lot of different meanings for the yeah, that's a good one point. word. Mandy, Mandy says Putin best president. You agree now. Thank you, Russian <laughs> bot. It's always nice to have the Russian bot in the show, normally teaching us Russian. She's failing to teach us Russian normally, but at least trying. Um, <sighs> Carrie, uh, damn, there's so much okay. to talk about. Uh, this isn't even totally unrelated to the stuff you were talking about before, but um, okay, I'm trying to figure out how I want to present this. Okay, I have the word behind me. I have the word strong behind me for a reason. I'm going to paraphrase that thing. I know you've said it before, Carrie. Other people have said it. I forget where it comes from, but it's the the quote that is strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create what times. hard times, hard times hard. create strong men, something, something like that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Um, and I really think we are entering hard times here. Um, not, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm just trying to be real. Um, and we can go over some of Biden's plans for his initial day. I mean, Trump did a lot of executive orders. All the good ones are going to be undone instantaneously when Biden gets into office, including critical race theory stuff. He wants to print $1.9 trillion. By the way, I looked up M1. What's M1 right now is like 6 trillion or something. So it's almost like, it's almost, a, it's not as little over 6 trillion. So it's almost like a third of our money supply. I mean, you know, there's, there's some stuff going down. Uh, we've seen the step up in censorship. We've Wait, seen all of this. Explain what is M1? Sorry. Uh, so when you hear you hear M0, M1, M2, M3, they're all basically measures of the money supply. M0 is the most narrow definition. It's like coins and currency and circulation and stuff that's immediately liquid. And then it goes up from there, M1, M2, M3, and they start adding like, well, savings accounts that are like that. Like they start adding others credit. They start adding stuff. So M3 is always a bigger supply than M0, right? M0 is a very narrow definition and you can have a broad definition of money, like the whole money supply. Um, so I was just using M M1. I don't remember the exact distinction between the two. I'm not, I don't follow this kind of stuff too much, but, um, you know, it's a significant percentage of <laughs> the money that's being printed because printing money is, is how politicians like to operate. So, um, you know, we're going to see a lot of stuff here and here's the thing. I know we sound hyperbolic sometimes when we talk about like getting on boxcars or whatever, like this authoritarian, it's totalitarian, totalitarianism is coming. 
But the totalitarianism doesn't come, it's not going to come overnight. I mean, it may feel like overnight to people who've been <laughs> big, but like, it doesn't come, it's not like tomorrow, it's not like Wednesday morning, we're going to wake up and Biden's going to be president and it's going to be like, or Thursday morning, I guess, whatever, Wednesday at noon, he's going to be president and we're going to be like, all right, round up all the wrong thinkers and stick them on a boat. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not that sudden. How it operates is it's it's the it's death by a thousand cuts and the reason i was thinking about this i was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about this a little bit our vulnerability is our intellectual weakness many of us look we're all we all have issues i'm not you know excluding myself uh from the issues but and I, and when i say intellectual weakness i'm not talking about iq uh i'm talking about um I'm talking about really philosophy, but I'm more specifically, I'm talking about an integrated belief system where your metaphysics and your epistemology and your ethics and your politics are integrated. And that is actually rare. I know there's some people in chat who are pretty integrated. They spent their time consciously integrating things. But most people, I think, are very disjointed. So their, their stance on minimum wage is unrelated to their stance on censorship on the internet, which is unrelated to their stance on war, which is unrelated to their stance on whether abortion is good, which is unrelated to the stance on like everything's disconnected. And so someone comes along with a proposal, hey, should we be in the Paris Climate Accord or should, how about we limit emissions of blah, 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 or what if we do X, Y, Z? And every new problem is a conundrum for them because at least intellectually, because they sometimes they have a feeling for what they think it should be, but their answer may be completely contradictory to other stuff because you're not operating off of a set of principles. And one thing that well, religion and also, has historic... Go ahead. Can I jump in there for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're also talking about maybe when there's a new problem or a new... You're talking about the people who set, who set the... Uh, the opinion of the tribe. Most of the tribe doesn't even consider the new problem. They just wait to get their marching orders. Most of the tribe is just like, what do we think about the Paris Climate Accord? Oh, here's a hundred articles in the media telling me what I think about it. Right, but what I'm saying yeah. is if, yeah. if we're gonna get through hard times, we need to be strong, which means we can't be those people, right? right. All of us need right. to be intellectually integrated. And, and the reason for integration here, just to be clear, um, and if you do not believe in an objective reality, then you don't have to listen to what I'm saying. I'm not gonna make an argument about objective reality. You can decide that gravity doesn't exist and behave accordingly and see how your life goes. So, uh, but if there's an objective reality, there aren't contradictions in reality. Reality can't contradict itself by definition. You can't, things can't be and not be at the same time and in the same respect. Like they, there's, there isn't contradiction in reality, which means your mental model of the, of the world can't have contradictions. If it does, it's not accurate and you will misbehave in the world. You will make mistakes. So one of the, one of your jobs as a human, uh, as a judging rational human is to take new bits of information and try to integrate them non-contradictorily into your your belief system. And if you can't, if you find contradictions, it's your job to resolve the contradictions. And one thing that can help is understanding that knowledge is hierarchical. So there are principles that you can follow once you understand why those principles are in place for you and 
and you know what they mean and how they apply, and then you can apply those principles. But having an integrated, uh, having an integrated philosophy, having a philosophy that's not contradictory to reality and doesn't have self contradictions as well, is kind of like a superpower against a lot of little paper cuts that the left will throw at you in order to march slowly towards the totalitarianism that they want. And in order to stand up against those, what they're going to try and do is pick people off. They're going to try, they're going to get some people on one issue and some people on another issue and, and try and incrementally adjust this thing here and adjust that thing there. And the only way to really resist that as a, as a group of liberty-minded people is to be each one of us intellectually strong enough to understand, no, that thing is wrong and I know why it's wrong. It doesn't, I know, I know I can assimilate it, integrate the knowledge and, and have a conclusion about this that's not, that's irrespective of what Ben Shapiro has written or what Joe Biden has said or what Carter's saying or what Kerry said. It doesn't matter. It's your job to judge it and use your own judgment and have an integrated system. And when someone points out a contradiction, it's your job to resolve it, not get mad at them, not storm off, not yell louder about it. It's a contradiction. Contradictions need to be resolved. It's your job to have an integrated, non-contradictory outlook on life. And that will be kind of a superpower. If you can do that, which is not impossible, if you can do that, it makes you immune to crazy stuff that comes from out of left field that gets proposed and and we should all do this we should all do that blah 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 blah. we should teach kids critical race theory right okay well you can take a very principled stance about why kids shouldn't be taught critical race theory you can understand from a principled reason but to do that you've got to understand what collectivism is what individualism is at their essence yeah. And why one's valid and one's not, which which is why a lot of times I say I'm channel I'm trying to channel Socrates because Socrates is obsessed about definitions and definitions matter. Collectivism isn't singing kumbaya as a community. That's not collectivism. Right? Individualism but isn't doing whatever you want all the time with no consequences. Right? That's not what those things mean. So, I'm not going to I don't want to I'm not going to lay out a, a system right now, but I think maybe, you know, my friend was encouraging me to do this. Maybe what needs to happen is we need to talk more about and maybe you know, maybe this will fall to me more about how to build an integrated system, what that means and what it looks like because you if you are going to use secondhand judgment to try and muddle your way through the increasing authoritarianism, you'll lose. They'll get you. Oh, because yeah. someone's judgment's going to be wrong, right? You got to use yeah. your own judgment and you've got to make sure you got to have the tools to protect yourself. Sorry. You go, can't go ahead. just parrot things. You can't just parrot, you know, you've left. And if you, if you're someone who left wokeism or whatever, like you've left a cult that teaches you how to parrot, you can't then just bring that over here and be like, uh, I'm just going to parrot people again. Like you have to, no, like you said, have an understanding of what these things mean, be able to define collectivism and individualism on your own, in your own words, right. and like really understand it. And, and most people don't, especially the masses and the people who are in the cold, they, they can't do that. Uh, this is not a super right. chat. I just saw it, but Rib Rocket in the chat said the big problem with Wokies is that they've never examined or defended the principles that have made our modern civilization. Most of us take all this for granted. They're, you're right. They have not. They can't define right. what a right is. 
They can't define what authoritarianism is. Most of them can't even define fascism, even though they use that word all the time. That's right. They can't define Marxism, even though they preach it. Like, that's why they don't know that's what they're preaching, because they don't know what Marxism is. No, Um, in fact, and they've been told that, you know, you're ridiculous for saying the word. Anyone who says it's Marxist is ridiculous, and you can dismiss them out of hand. And I want to point out something else. Someone else in chat says... um, well, the problem with humans is that for every rule, there's always exceptions. I'm not talking about rules. So if you think in terms of rules, you're wrong. <laughs> principles are hierarchical. There are not exceptions to principles. There's application of principle. If there's an exception to a principle, then it's wrong. <laughs> so like the principles have a context. They have certain applications. They only are valid within that context. They typically rely on a higher maybe a higher concept, like a higher, abstractually you, a higher concept. Will you, it, I think it would help if you illustrate or in your own words, Carter, tell us what's the sure. difference between a rule and a principle. A rule is just a, uh, almost like an aphorism. Like um, you must always tell the truth. That's a rule, right? You must always tell the truth. Okay, I'll use, a, I'll use an example from, I think, I don't remember who said this. It might've been Leonard Peikoff, someone else. It's, it's a great example. Okay, an axe murderer arrives at your house, knocks on the door. You answer the door, and he says, hi, I'd like to kill your children. Where are they? Well, do you have to follow the rule of always telling the truth, or are you making an exception? Well, if you you live life by rules, you view that as an exception. If you live life by principles, you understand that the nature of a lie is the attempt to gain a value through deception. And self-defense is not gaining a value. So deception's perfectly, perfectly acceptable if someone's initiated the use of force and threatened it against you. It's not a lie. You don't have to say, go down the hall, it's your second door on the left. You can lie. You can lie because you can, you can, you can be dishonest because that what makes dishonesty bad is the, is the attempt to gain a value through deception. So right? you, gave, you gave an example of a rule. Again, I'm trying to make this more simple. You yeah. gave an example of a rule. Do you know always tell the truth? What's an example of a principle? What is a principle? Well, the principle would be the, the principal way of looking at that thing is to understand. Okay, why is that even a general rule? What what is a lie? We're, we're back to definitions. Like, what do we mean by a lie? Right? What do we mean by it? It's not just saying something. It's okay. It's the attempt to gain a value through deception. Why? that's related to faking reality, right? So like if you're trying to fake reality or force someone else to fake reality, um, that then can tie to uh, to ethics and trying to, to uh, fake what's actually true about reality, right? So there's an ethical argument there that stems from higher, uh, higher abstractions and then filters down through don't, don't attempt to gain values through, through deception with other humans. Okay, like, that makes sense. But when the guy knocks on your door, if you're operating through a principle and you understand that principle, this is why I don't normally lie to people. And he says, I want to kill the kids. <laughs> I've got my ax. Where are they? You don't feel any sort of like, well, I guess I'm going to have to lie. You know damn well the purpose of not deceiving and that he's initiated the use of force. You have no obligation to not deceive him. There's no conflict there. There's no contradiction in your rule. There's no rule breaking. There's no exception. 
your behavior does not have to comport with a blanket rule. Rules are often just taken out of context and thrown around like these easy to remember things, right? Don't ever blah. Don't ever kill anyone. Would okay? you say that most rules are derived from principles, but they can be divorced from them? Or people often, don't have- often rules are derived from legitimate principles in common circumstances. And then there are exceptions, obviously, to common circumstance. So people then say, well, there's exceptions to these rules. But the rules aren't the starting point. The rules are a distillation that mostly work because of some principle upon which they're built. So the don't lie one is an example, right? Or the don't kill. Mostly you shouldn't kill. But if someone is holding your you know, loved one at gunpoint and you have an opportunity to take him out, eh, killing's totally fine, right? Um, so there are... Rules are generally just kind of dumbed down versions of principles that 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 would apply in most circumstances. And I'm not so I'm not talking about figuring out rules because look, everyone's got different sets of rules and aphorisms. We, we're in a world full of pragmatism where if people just throw out little quippy, you know, cute little aphorisms or you know, nice little quips about always do this, blah 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 blah, blah never do that, blah, blah, blah. like those contradict each other a millions of times over in lots of situations. You can't possibly swim around that. And if your answer is, well, sometimes there's an exception, then you're not really answering anything. You don't have any system worked out. You just, you've, 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 you've reduced your entire viewpoint to pick and choose whatever you feel like. Cause there's always an aphorism that will, will give you what you need to, you know, will justify what you want to do or what you feel like doing. So you're not living by any, by any system at that point. You're just living by your gut. All right, you're just living by what you feel like doing, and you can you can yank any quote from any famous person to justify it at any given time. That's not living morally at all. So, you know what side your biscuits buttered on? I'm kidding. I'm sorry. That was an aphorism joke. Never mind. <laughs> yes, I'm just trying to figure out how it applies. <laughs> you're looking to see who's got the butter. <laughs> Right. And look, and often things are more complex, right? People like, and often things are thrown at you in false dichotomies. Should we wear masks or not? That's not even a question. That's not even a valid question. Should we wear masks or not? Who's we? Who's we? What are you talking about? That's not even a question. That's not even a valid question. No, no person with their philosophical heads screwed on straight says, should we wear masks or not? That's not a question. Right? What does should mean in this? Do you mean the government force? Who's we? What are you talking about? Right? Should you wear a mask in a particular situation? Maybe. Maybe. It's up to you. Right? It depends on your value set, your risk tolerance, your condition, where you're going, what the risk exposure is. Like, yeah. Yeah. So most things are, most things are pretty, uh, often things are complex, right? Um, And that's just the messy nature of life. But they're going to get us with this stuff. They're going to get us with, they're going to get a lot of us, well-meaning people who haven't bothered to try and build their own integrated philosophy, their own non-contradictory viewpoint on the world. And they're going to throw things out like, well, shouldn't we do this? Shouldn't we help people do that? Shouldn't this exist? Shouldn't that? What about this? We should do this thing. And you'll be you'll find yourself unprepared for the argument, i.e. disarmed. And you may become a tool of the oppressors. And by the time you realize that they've escalated to the point where, well, shouldn't we put them on boxcars? It's too late. 
you you figured out that one was wrong, but you missed all the the <laughs> turning up the heat the whole time. So uh, with people, I'm relating it back to the people you're talking about. People coming out of this stuff, people starting to take the red pill. I think helping them, arming them with the tools to be able to unravel their own their own you know to see deception on their own and unravel it and come to their own conclusions on things um like start with what they they realized right whatever whatever this red pilling them now maybe it's censorship what does it mean what is government censorship versus other censorship right um why is it bad is it always bad is there a principle behind it is there not a principle behind it like What's the fundamental nature of what's wrong with what's Twitter doing? Is is there anything wrong with what's Twitter doing? Is there something bigger? Like, you know, is it is it their right to do, but still a bad idea? Like, there's yeah. there can be complexity there. Yeah. Um, and helping them think through it and not just throw their if they just throw their allegiance into another tribe. Yeah. They're not going to be helpful. Yeah. They're not. I agree. Be helpful. I agree. All right, that was a long one. I apologize. It was a good uh, one. Let's see. Let's do some super chats while we're here. Okay. Media story today. Can we trust our military? Oh, that's not it. Sorry. Hold on. Let me do this one first, and then I'll do the mic drop one. Media story today. Can we trust our military? FBI must vet them. Yeah. Okay. Did you see this, Carrie? Yeah. Actually, can I can I send you something just? Put this on screen. This is a great uh, uh, transition to this thing I wanted to talk about too. Uh, okay, let me let me see if I can also find. I've got the story pulled up for uh, the military stuff, which is the API, the vetting. It's a it's a part of that's one small part of the thing I'm sending you, and then we can talk specifically about that. Are you, okay. Are you sending it to me on just, signal? Signal's yeah, on signal. Again. By the way, okay. the signal's probably compromised, so don't do anything. Oh, totally. <laughs> be clear. Don't, don't, you know, you shouldn't be doing anything. You I have a friend who I trust who, who told me that a long time ago, months and me months too. and months ago. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So this, this oh, is. Okay. Let me put this up. Yeah. Let me, let me put this up for everyone. Hold on here. This uh, is a, see. just screen grabs that I did of, I don't know, 36 or more art articles in in legacy media of headlines and the reason i was i wanted to show these in their entirety and there's a lot more than this this was just a few minutes of looking at headlines but they're they're all speaking this is propaganda this is what propaganda looks like they're all speaking the cathedral's all speaking the same words at the same time we've seen this before i just i felt like highlighting highlighting it this time with this current phase of the acceleration after what happened on January 6th, here are the words they're all speaking now. And you will notice that the sheep in your life, the people who are plugged into the cathedral are all going to be speaking these words too, if they haven't already. So first of all, here's one from the Washington Post. To understand Trump's support, we must think in terms of multiracial whiteness. Okay, so they're trying to make- That's my favorite uh, phrase ever. I love yeah, that phrase. That's hilarious. So they're they're trying to make all of this. Um, they are they are coming after several groups of people. They're coming after white people. They're coming after Christians. They're coming after any people of color 
who are conservative or who voted for Trump or who are basically who are not social justice. Uh, they're coming after um, Jews. They're, they're, they're coming after liberals who are not a part of social justice. They're, they're you know, obviously coming after all Trump voters, all conservatives, anyone middle of the road, con, you know, centrist, libertarian. Anyway, so this is what this is how they're trying to explain and the fact that there are black and brown people who don't agree with them is they're now calling them a part of multiracial whiteness and they're calling them multiracial white supremacists or black white supremacists, which I find really funny. <laughs> Does that mean that they think black and white together is, is supreme? Well, black, I think what they, supremacy. I think what they're trying know, to kidding. sell us, they're trying to sell us the idea that, uh, that white supremacy is really racially diverse and inclusive. Isn't that what they're selling us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look so, how diverse white supremacy is. Look how racially diverse. Look at the shirt that they've chosen here. This is this is interesting. This guy's wearing an American supremacist. I've never seen this shirt. American supremacist. Yeah. Well, uh, so that's so let's, interesting. Let's just. Do you want to talk about that, or can we go through a few more of these? No, I'm just looking at it, thinking they they they. This, by the way, this reveals something about um, the left's attack that I think people are aware of, but you should be, if you're not, you should be. This is how they get away with slandering people as white supremacists. To them, America or American is whiteness. Yes. Those are equivalents. So to them, they see this shirt and it says white supremacist. That's what they see when they see this shirt. Yeah, they also, this is why it sounds insane, but this is why they're calling black people and Latino people white supremacists now is because they, they basically see, um, Amer like a belief in America as white supremacists. They see, um, uh, they, they see a belief in, I mean, any, basically any kind of conservative belief is white supremacist. They now, they say that Christianity is white supremacist. Like they're, they're basically equating all of these things that are targets of their ideology. They've already made, created this boogeyman in this narrative that white supremacy is everywhere, guys. It's ubiquitous. It's all, the whole world is run on, our whole country is run on white supremacy. So now that they've succeeded in making that a huge narrative, now they all they have to do is tie all these things that are their true targets. Their true targets are America, individualism, uh, belief in God, Christianity. Now they can tie all those targets. Any black person or, or, or Latino person or Asian person who doesn't agree with social justice. Now they just have to call all those things and all those people white supremacists. And that's what we're going to see in these headlines. So, okay, that's one. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Next one. Um, white Christian nationalists want more than just political power. This is in the Atlantic. Uh, you're going to see a lot of white Christian nationalists in these. Go to the next one. Wait, wait, I'm gonna, sorry, I know I'm pausing again, but uh, you know how we said in the past, <clears throat> whatever they're saying, like we, we want unity, what they mean is the opposite? Yeah. The other thing they do is whatever they're accusing the other side of is what is, is revealing their yeah. intentions. What this means is that SJWs want more than just political power. That's what this means when you see it. Yeah, they that. do. They want, they want more than just political power. You're absolutely right. They project. They're masters at this. Okay, next one. Uh, this is, uh, where's this from? Boston Globe? I can't see the top. 
Uh, this uh, is regionnews.com, it looks like. Okay. Religionnews.com. Religion news. Religion news. Taking the white Christian nationalist symbols at the Capitol riot seriously. And then they have a picture of a person with a, a Trump flag in the background holding a Bible. Now I'm still looking, where's the white nationalist? Where's the white nationalist symbols? I don't see any. This dude's holding a Bible. Oh my gosh, a Bible. <laughs> Like, like, well, keep like, in mind what they've done. They've 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 painted the entire riot as a an insurrection, as b and b as white nationalist insurrection. So now that they've painted it that color, now anything that anyone brings to it is now associated with white supremacy. So here's a Bible. So if it wasn't associated <laughs> with white supremacy before, now it is by virtue of the fact that it's there, right? It's a Bible. Okay. Uh, now moving on. <laughs> okay, this is the Atlantic again. A Christian insurrection. That's the headline. And then they have a big picture of a cross from the, the protest. A Christian insurrection. Okay, moving on. There's a lot. Go to the next. If you go down to the next tweet, it's like a tweet thread. You can see yep. the next four. Okay, here's one from the Washington Post. Trump's mob at the Capitol was following an old white supremacist playbook. Okay, now remember, they Washington Post specifically um, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in October, the Associated Press sent out guidelines to all reporters in the style book and told them not to refer to the BLM and Antifa riots as riots. They were told, reporters right. were told to refer to them as protests. Well, okay, and, the opposite and not to use happened, the word mob. Right. And, not to, and the opposite happened after January 6th. The Washington Post editor-in-chief sent out um, orders for all of the Washington Post reporters to use the word mob to describe the protesters at the Capitol. They have to be called a mob. Okay, so Trump's mob at the Capitol was following an old white supremacist playbook. Okay, next next one. Uh, Washington Post again. The seditionists made clear what their attack was about. Dun, 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 white supremacy. There it is again. <laughs> uh Next, next one. I, I, I'm going to go through these real fast. I just want you to see the number of them. Here's the Washington Post again. Um, the state leaders say volatile mix of far right white supremacist groups could challenge law enforcement. Okay, next one. Now we're about to get into. Uh, okay, here's one with a picture of Hillary. Washington Post. Hillary Clinton says Trump should be impeached. But that alone won't remove white supremacy from America. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's the target beyond Trump? So first of all, it's laughable to me that they they have pushed the lie that he's a white supremacist so far. They feel so comfortable with that lie and having normalized that lie in the past four years that now they just say it like it's a given, okay, that removing him is somehow going to uh, be, a, be a hit against white supremacy, but not a – but what's beyond him, right? They're basically saying, what's beyond him? Well, Trump voters, conservatives, Christians. Well, as Trump said, they're not they're not coming after him. They're coming after you, is what he yeah. said, right? And he was, you know, he's not right about everything, but he was right about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they really are. Well. Uh, can we, uh, I, I wasn't, b before we talk about something, I really just want to hit on a few more of those, because there's also, oh, they also. More? Yes. If you go back to that thread, there's like 30 oh, wow. of them. We don't have to do all oh, yeah, of them. Yeah, you there's... kept going on the thread. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, because some people, they don't see it until they see the entirety of it. They're like, oh, this is just one or two headlines. No, no, no. 
It's not one or two headlines. This is how propaganda works. It's every every legacy media outlet is putting out these words, white supremacy, Christian nationalist, Christian insurrection. Here's one. Trump has made Republicans complicit in his revolt against American principles. That's in the Washington Post. Next one. Uh, this is in the Associated Press. And it also ran in the Washington Post. I saw it there. Years of white supremacy threats culminated in the Capitol riots. Okay, next one. Uh, MSNBC says Trump supporters storming the Capitol linked to historical white supremacist mobs. Now, if you look here in the description, it's basically a video of, of, of a segment they did on MSNBC. And who do they have on to tell us about how this is all about white supremacy? Oh, look, they have Nicole Hannah-Jones, staff writer for the New York Times Magazine and developer of the 1619 Project, which is full of crap. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> um Next one, because we're now we're about to get into the stuff about the military, or almost. Here's uh here's another headline: Capital insurrection was never about the election; it was about white supremacy. Um, next one. But I can't. By the way, I can't stand this word insurrection. I just I'm gonna every time I see it, I just have to complain about it. But okay. Okay, here's where they start. Now they're linking the military and the police to um this this catch-all word white supremacy, right? Here's the Daily Beast headline. White supremacy is threatening our military from within. Um, next one. Uh, well, that's another one. It says This is uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. White supremacist images culminate at Capitol Riot. Next one. Uh, the Atlantic. Joe Biden's looming war on white supremacy. Okay, we're, They're telling us we're about to be in a war. Um, Salon, capital siege raises questions over extent of white supremacist infiltration of U.S. police. Okay, so now they're saying the white supremacists have infiltrated our police. Um, here we go. This is USA Today. Congress demands investigation into white supremacists in the military after capital riots. Uh, okay, that's USA Today. Next one, uh, capital attack. This is the New York Times, or is it? No, this is a uh, Center for Public Integrity. This one says, "Okay, capital attack underscores white supremacist infiltration of police and military." That's the headline. Um, this is just a funny Lady Gaga one. Entertainment Today. Uh, Lady Gaga encourages her fans to unlearn white supremacy in her award acceptance speech. I thought this one was funny because, first of all, Lady Gaga, why are all of your fans white supremacists? That's really freaking weird. Um, you, <laughs> I don't I don't know a lot of singers whose whose fans are white supremacists. And secondly, <laughs> and secondly, I know what she really means by that, what she really means. There's, it's begging the question. She's saying that all of us have learned white supremacy. So therefore we need to unlearn it. She's, she's got a, a presupposition in the question itself or in the thing. It's, it's like, you've, you have to unlearn it. Well, what does that mean? It means you yeah. have to accept that you have learned it in the first place. Um, okay. Next one. Cause you'll see it from cultural figures like that too. You're going to see it from a ton of different Lady Gaga's. Uh, KXAN says uh, abolish Confederate Heroes Day. Texas lawmaker introduces bill after white supremacist U.S. Capitol riots. So they're going to use this this um, narrative now that all the protesters there were white supremacists, which is a lie, an outright yep. bald faced lie. They're going to use that to push 
other local things. And there's more, there's probably 10 more in that thread. There's uh, con- which, which one is that Boston globe? Yeah. He's I'm just, just looking at a bunch of them. Yeah. Police departments must take a hard line on insurrectionist and white supremacist cops. Yeah. 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 Um, Here's a bunch more about Christianity. Be honest about its history of white supremacy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if it's, if the picture is not becoming clear for you yet, um, here, here are some of the targets in this, in this new accelerated phase. Um, The targets are, Christians, the targets are anyone with a belief in God, I would say. Um, the targets are white people. It's cop. anyone with love for America, anyone with anyone? any kind of appreciation for the founding principles of America, literally anyone. This is why they're conflating America with white supremacy, because if you wear an American chauvinist, that guy was the leader of the Proud Boys, by the way, with the American chauvinist or whatever, American supremacy shirt. He's he's not he's like Cuban or something. I don't know. He's not not white. It's 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 expression of of gratitude or appreciation for the founding principles of America that that get you labeled white supremacist. Yeah. Um, and by the way, the thought so here, the thought police I wanted to look, the FBI is now vetting the guard troops in DC. So they are if there's any indication that any of our soldiers or airmen are expressing things that are extremist views, now that's going to be a, according to who, what the Twitter's terms of service, it's either handed over to law enforcement or dealt with in the chain of command immediately. They are worried. They are now, they're going to, they're start doing, they're going to start doing their own little, I think uh, Jason, our social media guy said, they're going to start doing their own little struggle sessions internally in the military um, to try and eradicate wrong thinkers. Uh, from the military. Yeah. From the military. Their uh, category of, as we talked about earlier in this show, they call anyone, anyone who is not speaking the words and the lies of the social justice cult, they call them white supremacists. So the target, the target is millions and millions of us. It's uh, they do want to uh, look again, their projections. They're talking about how Trump. This was an attempted soft coup. Trump was trying to overturn the results of a democratically elected president or a democratic election. This is what they did in 2016. They are describing their own behavior. What happened to D.C. was a riot. It was wrong. Like, I am not saying, you know, trespassing on the Capitol building, destroying things and, and injuring some people was uh, was good. It was a riot. I'm willing to say it was a riot. It was it not also, an insurrection. It, it was, was not sedition. Not- they were not seriously trying to take over control of the United States government. No. Through an impromptu crowd armed with what? Like couple knives and like, I don't think anyone, they didn't shoot anyone. They didn't do anything. They, like uh, it also major. was not representative of the protests. They, no. you know, most of the people there, overwhelming majority of the people there did not go inside the Capitol and did not participate in the riot. They were there for a protest, which is fine. And they, and they still, right. they still try and they, they're trying to, um, 
ignore that. They're, they're trying, and, and they've gone beyond just indicting anyone who was even there at the protests. They're now indicting. I saw Don Lemon. We talked this Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo indicting anyone who voted for Trump is a white supremacist. Right. Don Lemon says. Right. But you you can see when they when they get in. You could watch the videos of people that get in the Capitol building. Most of them are kind of milling around like, well, we're in here now. What do we do? It's not, this is not like yeah. a coordinated, we're going to go take down the federal government, blah, blah, blah. Like there was no, no, this was not an insurrection by any means. The reason they need to use the word insurrection is because they need to justify everything else that they want to do. That um, they're about to do. Yeah. Which by the way, have you seen some of the crap that they're doing now? Oh gosh. Yeah. What are we going to, what are you going to show me first? Well, uh, first of all, there are, uh, I think, about 25,000 National Guard troops in D.C. for the inauguration. 25,000. Yep. Now, to put that in perspective, uh, in, as of mid-December, there were 4,000 troops in Afghanistan, and there's going to be a drawdown goal of 2,500 by mid-January. So a tenth of the troops in Afghanistan. By the way, I, I don't think there should be troops in Afghanistan. Or, I'm just, you know. Just talking about it, right? So a tenth of the troops in Afghanistan, uh, 3,000 troops in Iraq, 500 in Syria. So these places where I guess it's so important that we go intervene because there's all this terrorism and blah, blah, blah going on, which, you know, obviously I don't support, but they don't add up to the number of troops they're putting in D.C. Uh, for Inauguration Day. Um it's it's pretty crazy, and if you look at here, let's just look at some pictures. The pictures pictures are worth a thousand words, right? Okay, let's just take a look. This yeah. is what they've done. They've got look at they've got this fence and razor wire. This is razor wire. They've cut off Independence Ave. They've cut off Pennsylvania Ave, obviously, but they've cut off P Independence Ave. They've got look at this. <laughs> this is Independence Avenue. By the way, this looks like an authoritarian capital. <laughs> like this Duh. looks like yeah yeah this looks yeah. like the things of this is this is this uh, uh the backdrop of darkness like <laughs> right you expect to see the reich tag reich tag or whatever over here yeah. right the, yeah uh okay they're just putting some more barriers down some some other people hanging out more fences more barriers more fences, more troops, all this stuff, all these barriers constructed. They've constructed walls that are hard to scale. There's the razor wire. You know, you know what this razor wire screams to me? Unity. Okay. Yes. Well, that, so no, Carrie, they made it. It's loving razor wire because they put roses here. I see. See, okay. it's, it's loving razor wire. There are some militarized stuff going on. Some more fences. Um, our, our, uh, Jason, one of our social media guys, um, he took this picture yesterday in DC. Like this is how they're blocking off streets. Look at the amount of barriers. I mean, I don't know if they expect people to roll in with tanks or what the hell they're trying to stop. They've boarded up things everywhere. You can see some here. He took a bunch of pictures of just boarded up everything in DC. So all this stuff plus 25,000 troops, just so Joe Biden can have a virtual a virtual inauguration um by yeah the way, which which by the way i think lady gaga's involved in right hold on let's look at this yeah oh, here we go gross here we go just just so you, you know just so you know where her bread is buttered as someone <laughs> that rule earlier 
Uh, <laughs> Lady Gaga and Jennifer Lopez will both perform at the inauguration. Gaga will sing the national anthem. And Lopez will give a musical performance. And then, just in case we didn't know where Hollywood stood, uh, Tom Hanks will give a 90-minute primetime TV special celebrating Biden's inauguration. Justin Timberlake, Foo Fighters, John Legend, Bruce Springsteen, John Bon Jovi, Demi Lovato, and Aunt Clemens. Because uh, that's all, it's all very important to know that the leftist Hollywood elite are satisfied with our choice. Or yeah. maybe it wasn't our, our choice, but they're satisfied yeah, regardless. I could it say, or a lack thereof, <laughs> maybe. Uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. I don't so. Do you remember, do you remember back way, way back in the olden times of January, 2017, when there was violence all across DC during Trump's inauguration committed by Antifa? I thought that was peaceful protesting. And they said they, um, there's video, you can watch video. I don't know if we should do it now, but there's video of them, um, rioting, uh, breaking into shop windows and businesses, destroying property, setting limos on fire. Um, they tried to, there was a inauguration ball happening. Remember that? And they, they Mm -hmm. planned on, there was secret video footage of them planning an attack on the people who were attending that ball with poison. With poison. I think they were, um, Mm -hmm. wasn't that great. It was the J 20 disrupt J 20 protesters. Weren't they prosecuted? Most of them were not, though. Do you remember yeah. after all this violence? Do you remember all this violence that they, which was basically given a pass by the media, of course, that there were calls to drop the charges against all of those rioters? And by the way, if if we want to be fair, you should use the words the media is using now. You should call them domestic terrorists and a mob. And they were, rioters, there was an insurrection, right? I believe, when Trump was there. Was Trump an insurrection, was right? right? Yeah. They, yeah. our government dropped those charges um i do have that article i'll send you just the headlines people can see this uh actually i saw it was my preacher who shared this recently and it was like oh yeah remember in the way way back time of 2017 (laughs) just the uh this is from nbc news it's easy to get sucked into this stuff right because um They are so brazenly hypocritical. Yeah. Because again, we've talked about why, so we don't need to go into it. But they don't they don't care about the truth. They don't care. They care about manipulating you. So don't fall for this crap, right? Um it's you know, this this is brazen manipulation. This is propaganda. This is what propagandists do. Uh so okay, let's take a look at your government drops charges against all inauguration protesters. Oh, inauguration protesters. Oh, they're protesters. They're not a mob, Carter. I'm sure tomorrow, or not tomorrow, <laughs> Wednesday, they'll, if there's anything does happen, they will call them inauguration protesters and oh. argue that they should drop charges. Oh, uh, I get it. And do you remember that Disrupt J20 on their website? On their website, they said the purpose of all of their coordinated protests, rioting slash rioting, that the purpose was they wanted to make it so unsafe in D.C. that they forced... Trump to be inaugurated behind closed doors like the authoritarian he is, they said. And and this is this is this struck me at the time. I was I it blew it's me one away. Of the things that woke you up, right? 
it's one of the things, this is right at when I was at the beginning of that period of being in the rubble and figuring out what I thought about things. I, I couldn't believe the hypocrisy. It's like, wait a minute, you are ushering in authoritarianism. You are behaving like an authoritarian. You are instigating violence so that the police and military have to come in so that we have to have an inauguration behind closed doors because you think he's the authoritarian. <laughs> like <laughs> what? <laughs> it's all theater to them. They wanted it to look a certain way. They wanted to make it unsafe. Um, and I would argue that the cathedral, the powers that be, this is theater. They want DC to look unsafe. They oh, want yeah. people to look at this and think, oh, I guess they have to do that because the violent insurrectionists. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, look look at how I, I know it wasn't it the majority of people that went to the Capitol on the sixth were not violent. I know that most of them were just there, right? And some people stormed the Capitol building. Mm -hmm. Those people that stormed the Capitol building, look what they've accomplished for the left. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't think I don't think Antifa could have been any more effective. No. I mean they, they completely gave all the reason needed <laughs> to accelerate yeah. things. They threw gas. Well, they can they can start uh look look what they've done just in the last week, right? They've basically militarized DC. Mm -hmm. They have decided that they need to now do uh purity tests for American military because they so now they can they can justify that. I'm sure that gun bans and other stuff will happen. It interrupted the uh congressional proceedings for the electoral uh, college certification. So that never actually went anywhere never got to have the discussion not that it was going to go anywhere anyway but certainly undermine that and turned people against them um and so now no one is even talking about whether there was legitimacy or not it doesn't matter because yeah. there was a quote insurrection they changed um, the whole story they changed the whole story yep it got it trump is getting impeached um possibly a second time um well he's he is impeached a second time but he he you know he may actually get convicted this time, by the way, the reason they're trying, running to convict him, in case you're confused about it, is there is it's not clear. Legal theory is not clear on this, from what I can tell. I'm not a lawyer, but there are some people who believe that the proceedings can continue after he's out of office, and if he is impeached after he's out of office, he won't be allowed to run again. If he were, yeah, again. that's so why they're that's doing the that. Reason. Um, so I mean, look at all this stuff that has happened, right? He's gonna, you know, they are going to use all of they've used it to. I mean, look at the headlines Kerry just shared. They've used it to really uh, foist this white supremacy narrative on us and and really scare people about, oh, my God, this is what's going on. There's all these white supremacists, blah, 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 which will be used. That will be fodder for Biden pushing critical race theory. My, my guess is not only will he rescind Trump's executive order uh, with respect to CRT, and I think he's going to do that immediately. immediately. I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised if he issues another one at some point that says you have to do critical race theory training. You have to. Yes, right? they are definitely. Oh my gosh, they're going to do that. Yes, they're going to yeah. do that. Yeah. So uh, I mean, this all of this was enabled by the people who broke into the Capitol on the sixth and did what they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not no, and I don't want to completely blame them because obviously they're the they were the spark that caused the reaction, right? But it's exactly the action the left wanted. 
the, the left needed something to react to that was visceral, that could be they could take pictures of, they could get normies riled up, and that's what they got. I do blame them. However, uh, I'm I saying not completely. Right, but I understand that feeling of hopelessness and and it's almost like when Martin Luther King it's Martin Luther King Day today when uh, mm-hmm. you know that that quote that he has that a lot of leftists take out of context on purpose they try to say he was in support of violence he was not when he said that a riot is the voice of the unheard he was trying to explain riots he was not saying and therefore we should riot he was trying to explain why they happen and in that way I understand why I understand why it happened, why people ran in there. I don't support it. Um, I want to share this funny, I'm probably going to butcher it, but <laughs> this friend of mine was saying <laughs> that it's sort of like, you know, they've been trying to push this narrative for four years now and, and they were pushing it during the 2016 election. This is a big part of what woke me up actually was because I believed the narrative. All I did was read all these, you know, we just saw this propaganda. I was thoroughly plugged into the propaganda machine, everything that came down that pipeline, I ate all that crap. And it was constantly telling me that Trump supporters were violent, that they were fascist, that there were people being injured at Trump rallies. And I didn't investigate further. I just imbibed all that garbage. And it wasn't until I went down the rabbit hole on YouTube of watching actual video footage of leftists being the ones engaged in violence and attacking Trump supporters at their own rallies and physically assaulting people and bloodying people and mobbing people at Trump rallies that I started to wake up because I had believed the exact opposite. And I'm like, how did, how is this how This is the exact, like you said, it's projection. All the media was telling me was what they were doing was what the left, my side was doing. And they were trying to say, that's what Trump supporters are doing. So, so I, I had this friend who's like, anyway, for four years now, they've been, they've been continuing that narrative. They've been telling us, Trump supporters are violent. Trump supporters riot. Trump support. We're so afraid. What happens if Trump loses? There's going to be mass riots. And really, like there have been for four years. You guys started rioting in 2016. As soon as you lost, you've been rioting for four years. You kicked it into overdrive this past year during the summer of BLM as an excuse. Like you guys have been rioting and violent and everything you try to accuse those Trump people of. I saw through that. Like you were lying. And so, so then they get this thing. They wanted this so bad. They wanted oh, some yeah. footage. And so these clowns go into the, into the Capitol. And now they have this footage that they're blowing out of proportion and calling it an insurrection, all this stuff. And, right. and I had this friend who was saying, it's kind of like when uh, you're, you, if you're dating, you're dating a really crazy um, jealous girlfriend who's always accusing you of cheating and is like you're cheating i know it you're just lying you're cheat you're che- i know you're cheating and you're like i'm not cheating and she's like i don't believe you. you're always and then and then you get so tired of it after years that you're like i'm i'm going on a date and you go on a date with someone and she shows up at the date and it's like i knew it <laughs> it's exactly that you've been yeah. cheating all along <laughs> it's like yeah. you gave up or Although <laughs> some people may argue that she set you up on the date in this particular uh, yes. <laughs> Cause look, I mean, I don't think the leader of the proud boys, for example, who they're blaming for a lot of this, was he in the Capitol? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't ever remember reading anything or who? seeing any footage of him in the Capitol building, who? the leader of the proud boys. No, they banned him from DC. He didn't even get to go to DC. Right. Okay. So 
he wasn't I mean, even there. <laughs> so he was the leader's not even there. So what do, what right? do you so, say? I mean, the people that were in there, uh, I, the evidence that there's some sort of organized thing, I think, is pretty weak. Um, and, you know, we, we know it's weird agitators like John Sullivan, dude, who we talked about last time, who, you know, like, yeah, there's going to be people that are going to do that stuff. And you get mobs riled up, but it's not, you know, there's no there's no way in hell this is an organized insurrection. I think there were some probably factions who planned to do that from the very beginning, but it's yeah, a very sure, small fraction of people. And then, and they, and then the mob, they pushed, you know, people in a well, crowd. But my point is not the people who the media are blaming. Oh no. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Um, um, let's do some, let's do some super chats really quickly. Uh, Stevie LG says, my dude is in and out of special forces and I'm a veteran. My biggest gripe about the military is that they are the most socialist. They don't know the constitution. Oh, well. Yeah, that's my fear. Um, and we've talked about this in law enforcement generally, although not specifically the military. Um, I think it's a lot of, you know, when we think of the older generation, when we think of the military being conservative or or pro-liberty we'll say in some way it's that you know it's the older generation which are who are, who are mostly dying off that the younger people aren't necessarily liberty-minded at all um and remember there's nothing to, you know there's there's no universal there's no law of the universe that makes like as soon as we enlist you in the military and hand you a firearm you're automatically liberty-minded like that doesn't that's not how the universe works so you can draw on all different types of people to be in a military. And, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know that if you look at the voting. In fact, I even have it. The, this is not we don't actually know, but we do. We know from at least polls. Um, let's see the the latest. Well, the poll that I saw from August 2020. So it's a couple months before the election. But just take a look at the take a look at this military uh, voting poll, right? This is um, let me put that back in there. This is uh, so in October 2016. Here's the difference between October 2016 and August 2020. Um, in October 2016, you had 40.5 percent saying they would vote for Donald Trump, 20 percent Hillary Clinton. And 34% third party. They obviously really hated Hillary, understandably, if they're in the military. But by August uh, of of 2020, 41.3% support for Biden, 37% support for Trump, um, and 12%, 12.8% for third party. The, the idea that the military is going to be, if you're a liberty-minded person and you think the military is going to be your savior uh, in any sort of hairy situation, think again. That's just not true. But to be fair, Coggy in chat says don't generalize the military, which I don't think you're doing, but yeah. I hate when people say that. It's like why men are on average taller than women. Don't generalize. I we have to speak we have to generalize. We speak in generalities. When there's voting involved or mass movements involved, you have to generalize. Obviously, some military people are very pro liberty. Like we know yeah. some. Yes. Right. Duh. There are tall Chinese people. But you know, in general, don't populate your basketball team with Chinese. What do you want me to say? Like, stop nitpicking on stupidity. All Who's right. Um, today? 
No, I just I hate when people say things like that. It's like, excuse me, don't generalize. Do you not understand statistics, dude? That's not Harder. how like, we can talk in generalities. Don't get all your panties in a twist. All right. The voice of George gives us 10 pounds and says, I spent this whole live stream time to send this super chat. Oh, sorry. Oh, big tech are terrifying. Thanks for the sanity. My mission is to find the hope and joy inside this nightmare. Thanks both. You are welcome. Thank you for the super chat. I know Carrie's going to be mad at me for my butthurtedness. No, I am. You Well, I'm, all I'm going to say is just recognize your own butthurtedness. That's okay. It wasn't meant in any whatever. You hit it hit one of your points. It hit your, a button, I guess. It hit one of your buttons, I know. Uh the voice of George, your mission is to find the hope and joy. Yes, there is hope and joy in this nightmare. I will say that I will say, as, as we mentioned before, that um you're there's a lot of okay, <laughs> there's a lot of darkness on the horizon. Yes, yes, but there's also light beyond that. And, and one bit of light is that when things get ramped up, when we go through these periods of acceleration, more people, more people take their blinders off. More people are able to see it and to wake up like mm -hmm. that whole bit at the beginning. You're going to have people in your life who start waking up and maybe you're the person, if you're welcome and, and loving, maybe you're the person they come to with questions when they're struggling but people are going to wake up. You're also going to have people like Carter said, go exact. They're going to double down. They're going to go right along with the acceleration. And you're going to wonder, wow, did I ever really know that person? Like I didn't know they were capable of that. Right. But they're um, going to get swept up in it. Yeah. 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 Penumbra syndicate. Sorry, I can't put it on screen, but Penumbra syndicate says also check out uh, Christopher Stanton. He allegedly went through Pelosi's laptop during the riot found dead from suicide last week. Very strange. I didn't know the Clintons were involved in the Pelosi campaign, but oh come you know, on, I don't know, know about that. Uh, I don't know. Look, I who knows? But there's there's just too much of that kind of crap that happens uh, to dismiss it out of hand. Cheeky Mayor says, "Have you guys finalized the quote meetup? Trying to schedule my limited travel this year, and would love to meet in Texas. Kind of. We know when. You want to say when, yes. Carrie? Yes, we will announce it here, Cheeky Mayor, because of you. Otherwise, we would have waited too long." Please say the dates. What we, <laughs> we do not yet have details beyond the dates. Here are the dates. Our unsafe space retreat in Texas is going to be June 12th and 13th. It's a weekend. It's a Saturday and a Sunday. It's not the same weekend as CrimeCon. So if you're a true crime fan, you can come the weekend prior and stay for both weekends in Texas. But... <laughs> It's the unsafe space con is happening the 12th and the 13th. We made sure not to schedule it during crime con. Uh, anyway, that's a great Carrie question. Carrie did. She was, was very important for her. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Beverly says she's got super chats I missed. Yes, Beverly, please send them all uh, and I'll start looking. Uh, Mr. Bagel says highly recommended Lindsay's recent The Nature of Pseudo Reality and the Birth of a New American Mythology. Very illuminating. The former gets to the heart of wokeness. The latter addresses this new narrative. Uh, well, Lindsay's always he's got his he's got his head screwed on straight. He's excellent at this, oh, at, yes. at figuring this stuff out. So um, it sounds like a good recommendation. Yeah. Uh, and Blackbeard, yes, Blackbeard just good. gives us four ninety nine and says nothing. Wait, wait, I don't know where it went. I had Blackbeard. Oh, as a veteran. The infantry is largely conservative, but that's about 1% of the military. People forget 99% of the military is desk jobs. 
So bureaucrats, which we can't expect to be super liberty minded, so I guess. People are asking about unsafe space retreat. It, uh, again, June 12th and 13th. We don't have details yet. We're going to have, we're coming up in with Texas price. somewhere, though. No, but here, it, we're going to be coming up with pricing. We'll be announcing all that later. But right now, just save the date, 12th and 13th. And people are asking where in Texas. It's going to be in the Austin area. I know Texas is big. It's going to be in the Austin area. I may not be in Austin proper, but it's going to be somewhere close to Austin. We've been looking at lodging. I've been looking at places where um, we could all stay if we have an idea of how many people are coming. Um, so we're all in one place and not like spread out in a bunch of different Airbnbs or whatever. So uh, yeah. hope, hope you guys can make it and that it gives enough uh, time for people to plan. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I'm going to read some super chats that are coming from Beverly. Cause I, so I can't put them on screen cause we've missed them and I don't know why, but it is what it is that we, we have a limited queue here for some reason. Um, the guy rascal says want llama hat. That's very clear, Carrie. Oh. So you, you're put on <laughs> well, notice. <laughs> I was at the gay rascal. Hey, gay rascal make friends with Heather two nine six. She made me this hat. And it is amazing, and I know why you want it, because uh, it's a pretty freaking cool hat. A very talented yep. lady made it. Her name's Heather. Uh, Matt Deckard gives us five bucks and says, media story today, can we trust our military? FBI must vet them. Yes. Uh, I think we talked about that. Thank you. Um, someone says, this isn't a super chat, but someone says the retreat should be called the danger zone. <laughs> yes, and we can have the Kenny <laughs> fight Tom Cruise. Oh, when we do the uh, when we do uh, like an advertisement for it, we should use the Kenny Loggins song, or uh, we should use someone doing like a version of that song, so we don't have to license it. Right, we definitely won't license it, no matter what we do. <laughs> Dogtastic, uh, this is a uh, another one. Dogtastic on a street today. Oh, Dogtastic! This is from Dogtastic on a street today in New York City. Woman called me an a hole for not wearing a mask. I asked her if she was okay. And she called me inconsiderate. No principles, total hypocrisy. Yeah. 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 That's so sure. you met a leftist. Sure. Uh, <laughs> totally. Uh, another one, Matt Deckard gives us a dollar ninety nine says they are trying to redefine Orwellian. Oh, I haven't seen that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Does Orwellian mean non woke? Or does it mean woke? No, non-woke. They probably no, would they're be trying against. to they're trying to redefine Orwellian. Just like they again, they take off anything that's effective against them. For example, oh my gosh, do you remember maybe six or seven months ago when we were talking about um, Hitler and uh, Goebbels using the phrase "the big lie" and talking about mm -hmm. how uh, to to get to get people to like a group of people, a mass population of people to believe in a lie. It has to be very big. It has to be so yeah. big they can't they can't conceive of it being a lie because it's so big. And we were right. talking about that before the election. Remember, we were saying, yeah, <laughs> before the election. So I have since seen some social justice people I know from my life who've that's finally trickled down and made its way to them in the collective unconsciousness or whatever. Maybe they've heard people talking about, it. and now they've tried to invert that and say. These crazy Nazi alt-right white supremacists who are all who make up, you know, millions and millions of people in this country right. that they believe 
in the big lie. Like they, they take anything that's effective and they try to change it. So they also try to- But they, they usually try, fail. They fail because they don't really understand what these things are about. I was arguing with one of them a couple of days ago and uh, about Orwell and she claimed, claimed to have read 1984. And I was like, I don't think you've read it recently. I think you're lying. Uh, you should go back and read it now if you have read before or else it's a problem with reading comprehension. And, yeah. and, and you know what they say? They go, Orwell was a socialist, man. It's like, yeah, I know. He was also one of socialism's biggest critics. And if you don't know that, that's because you have not read him. <laughs> like, they don't understand. Okay, I'm sending you something. Uh, no, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, let me read a few more. Uh, Cheeky Maris says, so excited. Thank you. Need some sane people. Uh, let's see. Beverly's sending me so uh Zip says they do realize fascism is they do realize fascism is and evolved from a form of socialism. Do they realize? I think he's asking. Uh the reason why we think uh it is right is communists seventy years ago made them uh right on the compass test. Yeah. Right. So a lot of people don't understand the origins. This is this actually relates back to the origins of Antifa, right? Um in the Weimar Republic, like in in Germany prior to the rise of uh, of Hitler, um, you basically had, uh, if you recall, the Soviet Union was you know so this was this was in the early days of um, you know, the Russian Revolution, obviously in in 1917, and so they were flirting with Marxism and and so that was become like uh, Russia generally was becoming a power. Um, and so there was a big socialist. There was lots of you know socialist Marxist ideology permeating Europe, and the counter to that was uh, fascism, and which is obviously a version of, I would argue, also fascism is a version of socialism. It's just um, it's a different definition of the collective, basically, but it's still the collective uh, primacy of the collective over the individual, and there wasn't really any significant what we would call classically liberal pushback happening in germany there wasn't there wasn't a bunch of people running around saying no we should have a constitutional republic and individual rights like that wasn't part of the argument so the two main factions were the marxists and the fascists um and so antifa founded themselves on this well we have to oppose the fascists it was founded in in germany and so to them, anything that wasn't part of their Marxist movement right. was, by definition, fascist. Because there really wasn't a lot else, at least not that I'm aware. I'm not an expert in the area. Maybe there was a few people saying something else. But basically, those were the two main points. So it was like, well, if you're not with us, you must be with the fascists. You must be a fascist. And so they named themselves Antifa, obviously, against fascism. But, but what they meant was... They they bought into the dichotomy that there's only two two options fascism or Marxism, and they wanted Marxism, so that's kind of where this this kind of came from. And I think I think the defining of the left and right is one of the most pernicious accomplishments that that evil ideology uh, has achieved in the past hundred hundred yes. years, right? Uh, because they have gotten us to talk about this this bad ideology versus that bad ideology yeah. and where are you on the scale yeah 
and they're both bad ideologies. And that is, I mean, think about just the power, the impact that that has had on our society. And if you buy into it, if you're someone who buys into it, if you're a Marxist or a fascist, or if you are a social justice person or a white supremacist, you've bought into it. And so you play into this because anybody, it makes it so that anybody who criticizes your ideology, you just immediately put them in the other camp. You don't understand what it is you're saying because you yourself have bought into this dichotomy. Social justice is just as evil as white supremacy. You know, Marxism is just as evil as fascism, but but these these people who can only think it like those are the only two options and you must be the the other one it's like, no you you don't even you you, right. you don't understand you can't see outside right. of it those are not the yeah, only two and, options and just to be clear both of them are premised on the idea that uh the the group is superior to the individual from a philosophical standpoint. The needs of the collective outweigh the needs of the individual. So if the collective in Marxism, if the collective dictates that we take over your shop and burn it down and kill you, well, that's for the good of the collective, which is the the, the, the proletariat in classical Marxism, right? That's the collective. The collective has um, supremacy over the individual from an ethical perspective. The fascists are basically the same. They just have a slightly narrower version of collective, which is like, well, our, in, the, in the case of Germany, it's, well, our collective is these particular Germans with these genetic traits or cultural traits, and that's the collective. And so we can do anything we want to people outside of that collective. Uh, but it's the exact, exact same moral justification. Neither one of them says actually one person can should should be allowed to stand up against everyone else because they have rights. The, they have the, the rights of one person outweigh everyone. Uh, and that's that's uniquely uh, Western. It's unique to liberal, um, classically liberal ideology cl and, and America. And individualism, yeah. yeah. This is why individualism is such a big target. And by the way, that's another word. We didn't see it in the, the all those headlines, the propaganda that we covered, but you're going to start seeing them openly. We've already seen them in the past year openly mm -hmm. attacking individualism. They're taking off their mask and they're more directly vocalizing who their true opponents are and what their true opponents right. are. And individualism, the family, these are some of the And you won't see real arguments make. against this at first. Yeah. I mean, there aren't actually, there aren't defensible arguments, but I, I haven't even seen attempts at real arguments against it, what they'll do is they'll just paint it with some bad words. They'll do Individualism exactly equals what, white, supremacy. white supremacy. Okay. They'll do exactly what we saw in the propaganda. Individualism yeah. is white supremacy. Anything they want to attack, they'll just put it behind this boogeyman that they've now convinced you is a huge threat and is out there, right? Right. Um, which, by the way, they are growing. They are actually actively increasing the numbers of of, of white supremacists. They, they are growing that boogeyman. Sure, um, because they've done exactly what Antifa has uh, has historically done, which is they've defined only two options. There is only collectivism. There is yeah. our collectivism and the other kind. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. That's what they've. But you must. That's choose, their definition. You must choose that's collectivism. Right. Just choose this right. flavor or that. But you must choose racism. But it, we, you just choose the flavor that calls itself anti-racism or the flavor that it's race. Like right. they, it's the same thing. They're offering you nothing, nothing right. that's and, new, and, nothing that's an antidote. I um, I just wanted to call, 
read this out before it moves, Carter. Sure. This is not a super chat, but Kelly Lamb is in the chat today. Hi, Kelly. Mm. If you guys haven't seen it, we got to interview her um, a while back. If you look yeah, for well. look for Kelly Lamb on Safe Space, she is also a former social justice warrior. Um, and anyway, she does music as well. She says, I offer my musical and parody writing services for your theme song for oh, the excellent. retreat. We should, we should take you up on this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just I just one more point about individualism. Yeah. Individualism, philosophically, individualism is actually their primary target. It is not other forms of collectivism. They might want you to think that they're against white supremacy. White supremacy is a red herring. They are against individualism because yes. white supremacy can't beat Marxism because everyone knows it's bad. Everyone knows it's ridiculous. It is marginalized. Culturally, it's marginalized. Some people will succumb to it. I get it. But generally, it's very it's a very easy boogeyman to beat. The hard thing to beat, the hard ideology to conquer is individualism because yeah. it's right. It's right. So <laughs> they can't they and don't have arguments against individualism, which is why they don't generally attack it head on with arguments and haven't historically. They always have attacked something else. And now, now that they think that they've built, they've, they've they've painted America with this, you know, white supremacist patina. They've said that history of America is all white supremacist. They're going to loop individualism in that and try and and play a guilt by association party. So they uh, game. So they don't have to actually stand up and argue against individualism because they can't. They can't. Because they can't. That's the, the enemy is individualism. It's also, it's the most powerful weapon that we have against them. It's what Martin Luther King preached. And by the way, speaking of it's Martin Luther King day, and you will notice today, I didn't pull these beforehand, but if it's like last year, you're going to notice social justice uh, Marxists who are trying to much like they try and uh, change what Orwellian means. And they try anything that's effective against them. Martin Luther King's teachings about judging people by the content of their character and not by their skin. That's, that is absolutely oppositional to everything they believe in. And so they have to either denigrate him or, um, and, and I see some of them do uh, more often than they used to, but, or they try and um, uh, obfuscate what he was saying and they try and take things out of context on purpose, like that quote about uh, riots being the voice of the unheard. They do that all the time. Or they'll tell you, you can't, you don't have a right to quote that particular yeah. thing of, of, of they'll, they'll say um, to you, keep MLK out of your mouth. Well, no, I'll, right. I'll talk about whoever I want to and whoever I find inspiring, whatever thinker I want to. And um, don't allow anybody to tell you, you can't quote right. someone that you admire. Um, um East of Mars says, this is more for that Beverly's queued up that we've missed. East of Mars says, I'm convinced that I did read White Fragility correctly. D'Angelo took the long way around to say that Jackie Robinson was the first black ball player to become white. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's see. There was a Kelly Lamb super chat. Where is it? Oh. Uh, Kelly Lamb says, hey, friends. Not going to lie, I'm concerned to see the U.S. seems to be headed, heading in the same direction as Canada. Thank you for your work amid the chaos. Um, thank you, Kelly. It is. Um, so. It is. Um, yeah. And and it's going to, it's okay. Like, you know that, I know you know this, Kelly, but 
for anyone, because I see some other people in the chat talking about feeling um, dispirited. I truly, I don't just say this. Look, Carter and I wouldn't do this show if we thought things were hopeless. What's the point? If if we thought things were hopeless, what do you say, Carter? You just go live on a farm somewhere. Yeah, I'd be I'd I'd be in a <laughs> I'd be in the woods with a uh, an underground bunker. I don't know. Because what's the point? But I don't think things are hopeless. I think I think we just have to we know that things are going to get more dystopian and are going to get darker for a while and just know that be realistic about it but um know that those things come to an end. What does Martin Luther King say? Again, appropriate day. He says only light can drive out the darkness. And that's that's what I I I already see glimmers of that light on the horizon. I think I think a lot of individualists because the version of community that they are presented with is an oppressive collectivist thing. It's not actually voluntary community. It's oppressive collectivism. What they do is they they underestimate the value of actual voluntary community, and they think that their life will be better off if they just separate and go be a hermit in the woods. And that actually does suck. <laughs> That's a horrible, horrible existence. Um, and I'm I, and I'm more of a hermit. I'm an introvert. I totally get my batteries recharged by being away from people and alone in the woods. I get it. But, you know, for for many of the things that make uh, life bearable and and better involve voluntary interactions with other people. It involves a community. And I think a lot of individualists have thrown the baby out with the bathwater because the community that they're being presented with is a bunch of busybody socialist, you know, collectivists. And no one wants that community. That's not a community. That's a prison, right? So, um, you know, what you need to do is, is is build a different community, not run off and hide in your bunker. Because um, that's you're not going to last long that way. Because otherwise you just become like, that's what the Unabomber did. He lived in a <laughs> he lived in a shed in the woods uh, <laughs> that by himself. It's somebody, this is not a super chat. It's just a chat that I saw that made me laugh. Uh, Sir Lunch a Lot, which is a great name itself, is very funny. Sir Lunch a Lot says, uh, "Hey, I'm in the woods in an underground bunker. What are you trying to imply?" <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I get it, <laughs> Sir Lunch, Sir Lunch a Lot. Uh, I, I'm not saying I don't empathize with you. I just, you know, you might be happier having a little bit of a community. You're here, though. At least you have an online community. Uh, Azor says. Uh, Post-COVID, oh, Carter, you sweet summer child. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I just mean post-COVID-19. There will be COVID-21, COVID, yeah. like some variant XYZ, ABC, like pretty soon. By yeah. you know, by the time my daughter has grown up, it'll be like, well, don't wear your mask outside. You might get a don't, – don't forget to wear your mask. You might get a cold. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Azor also says, uh, the Democrats have had a long history of accusing the opposition of their actions. How easy it is to free yourself of guilt by blaming the enemy, uh, was second. Sorry, LOL. I don't know what was second. I don't know about the last part, but yeah. Um, let's see. Another one I missed. Blackbeard says the infantry as a veteran, the infant. Oh, we already read that one. Uh, Beverly says Joseph Oaks said we missed one from Joseph Oaks can confirm left the Mormon cult. Not sure what he was confirming, but probably oh, some stuff you're saying about cultists. About yeah. what it's like to leave a cult when you were talking yeah. about leaving your beliefs, actually. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. The next one. 
Uh, sorry, we've got we've got a couple actual ones. There's a Samuel Burke. Let me see if I can pull Samuel Burke up on screen. And if I can't, I apologize. Oh, I see that one. I'll read it. Samuel okay. Burke. Uh, I'll let me do some. Samuel Burke says, "I'm feeling anxious. Future looks bleak. Are y'all hopeful? Love y'all show. Thank you, Samuel. And yes, I just I just addressed those, but I'll say it again. I am hopeful, and uh, we wouldn't do this if we weren't. And and that again, you just have to look at what's beyond the the very trying period and who that we're about to enter that we've already entered and who knows how long it'll last and how bad things will get. But, but I'm absolutely hopeful. Humanity's been through struggles um, much worse than this, much worse than this is so far many times before and come out on the other side. So even if you're not a believer in God, I mean, I, I believe in God and that gives me a lot of peace because I believe that, and I believe in a creator who has a plan <laughs> and I believe in something bigger than like the, like the world. I don't know how to explain that, but the believers, I think hopefully will know what I mean, but even you don't have to believe in God to, you can just look at history and look at what humanity's come through before. Yeah. I mean, there's short term and long term hope. I mean, I, I don't, will we, will we eventually emerge from this? Uh, yeah, or we'll destroy ourselves. I mean, I, 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 yes, I guess. Um, but when I look at the short term, the thing that gives me hope actually, and I, maybe this will be depressing to people, but it's not to me because it, it, I just readjusted my expectations. I do not have hope that we will suddenly vote in uh, liberty-minded people and the country will, as a whole, return to you know, limited government in some way in the next 20 years, like that's not going to happen. That's a pipe dream, like put the pot down and like think, think, think for a minute. That's not where we are. But the largest contingency of freedom loving, liberty minded people in the world is here in America. And there are a lot of them. And whether or not we exist as a community within some larger uh, you know, increasingly authoritarian uh, system or whether we are able to somehow have a separate community and keep that torch alive. You know, the, the, the magic of the United States is not the 50 states. They're not even, I mean, there wasn't 50 states when America was founded. The magic of the United States is not the land mass and the particular states that are part of it. It is the values of that, that are enshrined in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, those values are alive and well in a large percentage of the population, not yes. everywhere. And we can, we can make sure as a community that those values persist and carry on. And if they, if they can't carry on in the District of Columbia, I don't care. I care that they carry on. Um, and I think there's a lot of reason to believe that they can carry on somewhere in some form with the people that are in the United States right now that still uh, have that that still value those values. Yeah, which is why we do the show. You want to read the next one, Maggie? Maggie Ellis says, "Thank you, Maggie." She says, "Re blame for one six and the fact oh for January six and the fact that the powers that be will use it against us forever. All they needed was one event." It's miraculous that it took as long as it did for people to ash out, lash out even a little. They're snakes. I totally agree. I totally agree. People on the right, I will say this as someone who 
as an observer <laughs> of, believe it or not, guys, I still consider myself to be on the left, um, center left, maybe now, or, you know, classical liberal, but uh, I don't, there's still a lot I'm learning about the right. I'm still learning who different people are in the right. And, uh, but when I look at the, when I, when I look at conservatives as a whole, or let's say Trump voters, I'm amazed at the restraint. I'm amazed. I, I think you're not on the left. I think you're starting to drift off the axis, which is. I don't even. Yeah, I'm in some nomads land. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to drift off the axis. I think it's great. I, but if someone well, says to me, is Carrie on the left? I would be like, no, like, like more classically liberal. Like you're floating towards classical liberalism, not leftism. I am. Yeah. But, um, but in terms of I, a lot of people who, you know, like we talked at the beginning, they just want to put you in a tribe. Well, people who sure. will will now say I'm right wing and all this stuff, and they don't even understand how little I know about the right. Like I'm still learning, <laughs> and right. just as someone who's observing um, uh, Trump voters, and I, I, I yeah, the, I, I'm amazed at the restraint. They were yeah. called deplorables for years. They've been called every name in the book: white supremacists, Nazis, fascists. They've been. They've been unfriended. They've been shamed publicly. They've lost jobs. They've been um, dehumanized, and they've been targeted for violence, and and they've been lied about. And I just, yes, I agree with you, Maggie. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Andrew one. B. Andrew B. MLK equals multi-ethnic whiteness. <laughs> yes, Oops, Andrew B. Uh, that's actually probably what they would, <laughs> that's what they would say about him. If he were alive today saying what he said, then they would say, oh my gosh, that's multi-ethnic whiteness. I've been reading some of their hit pieces on him that came out today, by the way, some of the social justice hit pieces where they try to reimagine yeah. and they're like, well, he was okay for that time. But now, now we've grown tired and the, him trying to make us, uh, empathize with our oppressor is, you know, not a, appropriate for today. And like, they, they're just trying to subtly take hits at him. Andrew Joyner, thank you, says- Wait, 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 before we move, before we move, sorry. Um, I want to address something. Someone says MLK is boomer liberalism. Um, I don't actually disagree with you. I, I don't like putting MLK up on a pedestal. He said some great things. Also, some things I don't like about MLK, that's okay. It doesn't mean we can't appreciate the contributions he made and like and the good things that he said. He um, said some very great things. It doesn't. Yeah. So, but but I do agree. Throwing him up on a pedestal is is a little bit boomer. We're, we're not trying to do that at all. Um, the other Who's thing doing I want to who does that? I don't know. The other thing I want to say is um, the same person says individualism will loose against the collective. I think you mean lose, um, and it won't. And I, I just want to reassure people why, in the long run, individualism does not lose against the collective. And the reason for that is individualism is consistent with reality and collectivism is inconsistent with the nature of reality. And when I, when I say reality, I mean what it takes for humans to live on Earth. Um, individualism recognizes what's required for individuals to thrive. Collectivism does not. This is why... This is why even if collectivism wins for a while, like it did in the Soviet Union, it's why eventually more individualist countries like the United States end up seeing more prosperity, greater wealth, 
and end up ultimately defeating economically the collective. Um, that's, that's why that happens, because collectivism denies the nature of humans and what's required for, their, for them to thrive. Um, so the idea that some sort of collectivist central planning thing can survive long term against individualism is completely false. What it can do is survive in the short term if there aren't enough people who understand and implement individualism. If there's three people talking about individualism, then yes, the empire can take over. But um, ultimately, as a philosophy, individualism is more powerful, uh, and it's it's the secret weapon that we really need to cultivate. So, sorry, now, oh, Terry. I, I, well, I lost a few, so you do the next ones. Oh, uh, well, the next one you're going to do is Andrew Joyner. He says, arguing with Marxists is like going around circles, uh, which I think is true. Um I don't know if we have, let me, I'm scrolling now. There was somebody, I lost it, but somebody was asking, what can you do? What can we do? I saw that was a super chat. What can, and, and, and like, this is all good info, but what can we do? And what we can do is, mm -hmm. is, I mean, every, there's a, there's a ton of answers to that. So I, I can't give just one. Everybody's, everybody has different talents and interests. Everybody's useful in different ways. So uh, you can talk about this with friends and family who are open. You can try to have actual difficult conversations. There's a social justice group called Difficult Conversations. That's why I'm laughing. Um, they are not. They are not about having conversations. But uh, you can actually try to have difficult conversations with those who are open to it and people in your life. You can make art. You can be creative. You can put joy into the world. I saw Becky this morning had a beautiful post about creating things and spreading joy and, you know, whether that's cooking or growing a garden or knitting or crocheting or um, creating short films. We've had people reach out to us who said they were inspired by the show to do a short film or to do uh, to work on a book. I talked to someone today who, who, who wrote a book and it's a really necessary book, like or who, who write an essay if you can't, you know, there's so many things you can, do in terms of creating and adding. And I truly believe those things are all useful. You can have, you can start a family. Um, you could, you could, uh, you know, you could get involved in your community in a positive way and build like a positive, be, be a positive part of the community. Um, I don't know. There are, I know that most of us, if you are, if you tend to be more of an individualist, you're probably reluctant leaders but for those of you who are so inclined, you could run for office or try to get involved in that way. Uh, I know that's probably not a lot of us who want to do that. <laughs> but well, look, I mean, just standing up for the principles yeah. that, that you believe in that founded this country and um, being an example to people, being a being a refuge where when people like Carrie was talking about at the very beginning of the show, when they start to question the things around them, being there to welcome them in and bring them in and help and, and make them part of a community, building your own community, both online and in the real world. I mean, one of the things that we're doing, um, you know, you're asking two people, what can we do? You're asking two people who spend their time trying to do what we think we can do, which is we're trying to build a community. We're trying to talk about these ideas. We're trying to stand up for what we believe in. Um, we're, we're trying to, in some cases, just kind of figure out what we believe about some stuff. Sometimes, you know, we get into disagreements or we, we argue about things or whatever, but we're trying to 
we're trying to build an environment whereby uh, we can have the actual conversations that need to be having, where it is, ironically, actually safe to stand up for what you believe in um, and, and have uh, what would be considered by normies an unsafe conversation. So um, you don't have to do anything, you know, you don't have to like, you don't have to go to Mars or do anything that's outrageous. Like you just, you just have to defend Western civilization the best that you can. Yes. Um, Twee Girl's recommendation is that show the world what Biden's policies are doing to your communities is her super chat. So yes. you can do that. You can do that. Uh, let's see. I'll fight you naked says even when the darkness comes, we can choose to embrace the rontic honor in fighting for a hopeless cause because it's right. Go down swinging or roll over. I really yep. like that. Yeah. Go oh, he says romantic, romantic, romantic. I was wondering what that word means. Um, okay. I think that's all of them. And I actually, we've gone long so. and I have to go. You sent a... me some weird pictures and I won't, I won't play them. I won't show them, but uh, I'm just curious. <laughs> oh. I want to throw out, I don't know what's going on in these pictures, Carrie. Oh, well, you can show them. This is, <laughs> I was, I can't remember why I sent those to you. Somebody was talking about masks, I think. Um, I don't, I don't often wear the mask. I very rarely wear it, but I do occasionally put it on. And when I do wear it, I just like to have fun with it. Usually it's like, go big, or go home. I went on a, um, on a date the other night. And so I wore, uh, this one. Cause it's okay, just, here, I'll, show, I'll show it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, There's no, that Gary. was, that was a different morning. Oh, yeah. I, I wore sorry. it for about. I worked for about five minutes that day. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to wear it, you know, really wear it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, hey, I'm one of you guys. Look, I'm like, really, I'm much more virtuous than you. Look so how big this my one? Is. Oh, that's when I went on my romantic date. Yeah, I walked through the restaurant like that. Um, just for fun. <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> then I got to the table and the poor little waiter was so sweet and just sincere. And he was like, Oh, thank you so much for wearing that. Um, but we do have masks at the front. You can ask for one of our masks next time if you want. <laughs> I, like, no, I like this one. This is what's wrong with it. I'm super, super protected. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're going to the gallows. I know. I know. The best part is that I can see through that mask. Actually, I can actually oh, can. really okay. breathe well from that one. It was a, like a, I got it back when the sh I was shooting a lot. And um, anyway, the the best part was just watching people's reactions when you walk through a fancy restaurant like that. It's kind of funny. Anyway, have fun with it. If you got to wear it, have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> Make everyone else feel awkward because you because they don't mind making you feel. How weird is it that we have to wear these things six steps to get to our table? It's so stupid. So, you know, call attention to how dumb it is. That's my yeah. that's my advice. Have fun. What can you do? Have a good laugh. That's what you can do. Richard anyway. Petz, uh, a super chat I missed. Richard Petz says my sign should read unweak. I guess. I guess it should. Uh, I guess it should. But. <laughs> Unweak. Okay. Yeah. I have to I go. Mean, I have to get ready for I know, an interview. I know you gotta go. Uh, but I had I fun. Almost, I was going to show the tweet that you shared with me about uh, the truck, but I guess. I guess oh, share that. Late. That's funny. 
we can end on this note. This is funny. Okay. They have a new a new word. James Lindsay um, shared this. That's why I saw it. I thought it was pretty funny. Okay, well, here is the uh, here's the tweet. Uh, this is from Matthew Bond. This is in Vancouver. This is from Matthew Bond, who is a like council person, I guess, up there, involved in involved in local government. And he's got a picture of a truck. He took a picture of some guy's truck. I don't think he knows who he is. Uh, and for those of you listening only, it's, you know, it's a beefy kind of pickup. It's lifted. It's got a uh, bull bar on the front and a little thing that says global warmer. Uh, and he says, the glorification of violence and domination. Hashtag unnecessary trucks. Hashtag petro, petro masculinity. Uh, <laughs> petro masculinity. So, so that's I think. Thing. I think this might have been for those uh, for those former friends, right? The ones who are still in the cult, who who look at me and are like, "Oh, she's gone crazy. She's become all right. She's whatever." This might have been an early warning sign because I've only ever <laughs> driven pe- pickup trucks. I guess that's my petro masculinity uh, coming through. Uh, but um, I thought that was pretty funny. Anyway, well, this is this is the kind of tactic that they're going to keep using, right? They're going to use this kind of stuff where, um, you know, obviously increasing your ground clearance and adding a bull bar isn't violent um but they're gonna make it they're gonna make it seem like it's violent um they're gonna use those language they're gonna domination i mean honestly dominate there's nothing wrong with domination as long as it's not violent over other people michael jordan dominated basketball that's good competition is fine they're gonna try and vilify competition um so yeah there's a lot there's a lot wrong with this i don't recommend that you you know, I don't know. I think a lot of people got triggered though and piled on this guy, and I don't think it helped because he just turned around and was like, "See, you guys are insecure." He's just trying mm-hmm. to play to your insecurities, but yeah. Um, damn that masculinity! The petro masculinity is the worst. I I hear that driving a truck is just like white supremacy. Okay. Oh, I yeah yeah. <laughs> Take care. Right. Take care. On guys. that thanks note, for joining us. thanks, Carrie. <laughs> you can find us at unsafespace.com. You can find out about Book Club, which is coming up in a week, and join us on the 24th. And you can also donate at unsafespace backslash donate. There's different ways to do that. If you want to get a lovely mug, you can donate the $25 level or above. And if you, um, oh, and if you want to support us by sharing videos, we also have a clips channel. And I think actually today we might be streaming on Facebook as well which I didn't even mention, but oh, I tried I to know. stream on Facebook. So we might also be on Facebook today streaming. Wow. Cool. I don't know. We'll see. So, all right. Okay. Well, thank you. Bye, everyone. Carter. Uh, bye. Goodbye, Carrie. Um, goodbye, everyone else. We will see you guys. Um, see you guys next time. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. 
This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Welcome to Very American Social Credit System. Here's a fun fact, voting incorrectly is now considered a willful act of sedition. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Did you know that research indicates that humans are the only species who prefer captivity? Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.